son of a bitch. And yeah. we're back. <laughs> no, so yeah, we're. I just keep dropping my notes. Man, you, you're on fire today, man. You drop it like it's hot. Um, but no, we're back with our 11th. Un, I was about to. I, I'd almost forgotten that we went into double digits. Yeah, remember, man. I so cut the last episode just a couple days. Yeah, ago. so we this is a number of times. This will be the second entry into our going into our second decade of films. Yeah, uh, it's exciting too. Yeah. What's even more exciting is well, first off, we don't have a lot we need to get caught up on because not we're a whole lot. Able to record back to back weeks for once. So. Yeah, and you know the weather permitted a lot of this too, and I think just. Uh, like I said, having a lot of downtime because it's, you know, we're past the holidays and now we get to enjoy watching movies yeah, without distractions. So productive, just getting shit done. Yeah, yes, podcast. you have. Yes, you have. And, so, uh, so happy. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for all the work that you contributed. So the other thing is, though, I'm also excited because before we, before we ever recorded an episode, when this podcast was sort of just something we were thinking out and things we were doing, ideas for doing this movie have been up in the air since then. Yeah, this this is one of those movies that we had mentioned right before we even got into uh, recording is, you know, when you do certain films, you lay down certain foundations. And uh, this one is, is a bedrock for a lot of films that came after uh, and this, that are still coming out to this day. So, yeah, you hey, know... Hey, kids, do you like... Uh, paranormal Activity. Yeah, do you like that? Do you like uh, Insidious? Do you like... Do you uh, like Blair Witch Project? Blair Witch, Cloverfield, you know. Cool, list. then what you like is commonly referred to as found footage style Yes, horror found movie. footage horror. And this is the mother, the godfather, this is the where the roots take bear. I'm pretty sure everyone agrees this is, as far as the horror genre goes, this is the first found footage style I would I would imagine so because I can't think of any movie up to this point in terms of film uh, that uses this, this concept. No, me either. Um, and I think even before this, well, first off, let's say we're about to dive into this movie, so let's just let's let let them know how this makes us squeal. Yeah. How does that make you squeal? Okay, so I think. Before we get into what we were just talking about, okay. on the found footage aspect of it and the important historical aspect of it, this movie, first and foremost, is named Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just hearing that name alone conjures up certain ideas and images in one's mind. So rather than at the end of the how does this make us squeal, we're going to give you the warning straight off. Oh, yeah, I have to. I think this one certainly merits that. Because up to this point, like, our like our, our benchmark for fucked up movie that we've done has probably been, like, Visitor Q. Visitor Q, no doubt. I would, I would put that right up there. This blows that out of the water. No doubt. Uh, this is very much considered to be one of the more disturbing movies ever made. Depending on what kind of problems you may have with the movie, there are different cuts to it, which we will get into here in a second. But this movie is so violent and so realistically depicts violence that it was investigated for being a snuff film. Yeah, and this was uh, like 10 days after their premiere in Milan, Italy. Uh, the court seized the film. Uh, they charged him with obscenity, and when we say he, it's... Uh, Ruggiero Diadara, the, the director of the film. Uh, and then, I, you know, I think later on they charged, they 
got him are they try to charge him with uh, murder. Murder. Yeah, and he contacted... Of a couple of the actors yeah. and at least one of the native girls. Absolutely. And, and then when that happened, he had to contact one of the actors that played like in the, the found footage crew. This is actually... Well, we'll get... Yeah, I, I, without I, giving this, too much away, but yeah. Well... This I, film is super controversial. It's but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we'll, much We'll so tell that, that story yeah. a little bit yeah, we can more here. More this is more about the, the warning, though, because oh, yeah, there's, there's also... Oh, yeah. Good night. So there's a there's like rape and extreme sexual violence. Yeah, there is definitely that. Uh, you look at that. There's you know depictions of uh, you know animal killing, torture, etc. So well, I was about to say so the there's animal killing in this movie, and it's real. Oh no doubt. It's uh, yeah. It's it's one that's hard to watch, and uh, for me too. It's like I you know wasn't wasn't the most comfortable watching it. I don't you know I don't get any. Excitement watching it, let's put it that way. Not just that, but if you watch the uncut versions, now there's two different uncut versions and uh, a couple different cut versions. We'll get into that in a second as well because it may help you decide to watch this movie. Yeah, because, I, you know, even with without those certain aspects, it does take away a certain quality of the film that, you know, I think watching maybe... Like I said, cut versions, you you might miss a little aspect of what you may miss a little bit, but it's still it. Look, here's the thing: this is a fantastic movie. Like we're not just sickos who are trying to like bring you this absolutely disgusting movie. This movie really is a cornerstone for an entire horror subgenre, and it's considered the pinnacle of a different exploitation genre, uh, which we spawned so many different babies out of this one. (laughs) So. If you watch one of the uncut versions, it includes a sequence called The Last Road to Hell. The Last Road to Hell includes execution footage that is real execution footage. So it, you are seeing people get killed, including a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This wasn't staged, which makes it not a snuff film. This was filmed for a documentary at some point, and he cut in the footage from it. Uh, but exactly. if you watch the uncut footage, that is unclued included yeah so there like so there's like there's so many different things that this this movie touches upon subject matter wise visually um you know it's 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 raw let's put it that way it's really hard to get through but it is rewarding in a way because yeah. uh totally as we agree. just said it is it's considered basically the pinnacle of the cannibal exploitation movies now I'm kind of an exploitation junkie. Yeah, I, I do love like exploitation. I films. love grindhouse films, yeah. exploitation, uh, black exploitation, kung fu. Oh yeah, nunsploitation, sexploitation. You name it. There's there's all of that. There's you know there's even like the SS exploitation films and things like that. If you're into that kind of uh, stuff. <laughs> and as we just mentioned, well the it would have been a mondo film. Yeah. That the uh, the last road to hell was pulled from. And Mondo were, I mean, they're technically documentaries, but they were filmed to just highlight, highlight and exploit just these terrible happenings around the globe. Because, you know, I think too, without knowing any kind of historical context or any kind of social context, you know, one can conjure up whatever context, whatever story you want to give it. Just by watching those those scenes, you know. And the, yeah, that's the thing is the scenes are all taken completely out of context. Precisely. Some are are possibly staged. There was always accusations of that. Yeah, and I've this movie delves into that. 
Yeah. Oh, and yeah. is, is condemns it. You know, and that's the thing I like about this film, too, because not only is it just a film about, you know, like I said, about cannibalism and all these other, you know, subtopics, but it does touch upon, you know, what really, you know, what's the, what's the line between what a, what a society is, maybe morally, ethically, and the difference between um, what we would call a primitive society that has no technology, no, you know, no modernization, so to speak. So, yeah, it touches on some really interesting topics. Yeah, oh, it really does, and it really it's it, a, it makes you think in some run, ways man. because it does. Uh, it makes perfect sense, though, and it's just you know it was an interesting way that it, he he hit those topics across the board. But so that's the thing, though. If like extre- yeah, extreme, yeah. if you can't do extreme gore, yeah, exactly. Uh, if during the if in the uncut you can't do real deaths, I if you say, can't do animal cruelty. Let's put this You're going to want to stay away from this movie. If you don't like Faces of Death, if you've seen maybe Last House on the Left or haven't, things like that, you're probably not going to like this film. No. Because it's, it's really real. Now, there are different cuts of the movie. There are. Uh, there, are there is one without the animal cruelty, which, as you said, I, I think it does... There's a small bit uh, that would be taken away. Yeah. But I completely understand if somebody doesn't want to watch that. Yeah, I, likewise, because you know, uh, it's not—it's not something that, like I said, is comfortable watching, regardless of what context it's in. I don't like watching a period, but like I said, it—it it gave something towards the film that, like I said, I had some I had some meaning. Not that I like that meaning, but you know, it's just the way it, it played itself out in the film. And I know that there's a cut that takes away the animal cruelty. And the sexual violence. Yeah, there's a lot. Which, there's quite a lot of that. I'm, I'm not quite sure if if you're going to be watching this movie. I'm not quite sure if watching that cut is worth it. I, I feel like you would end up taking out a lot of this movie. <laughs> That's like going from like I feel to, really to horrible PG-13. saying that. You know what I mean? But no, no. But but you're right in the in the in the text that like if you want to give somebody a watered down version of that film, like a perfect example of that I, I, right off the top of my head. That's would be phenomena and what we got here in the states. I think it was called Creepers. Uh, you okay. know, you take out like 15 minutes of a film, and it changes an entire context of what what really is going on. Um, you know, like I so said, you don't get the same effect. You know, and the funny thing is, is, I do believe that this movie could be edited down, but it's none of those sequences that I would. No, edit I would. Down. I agree with. I agree with you there. I, I do believe that this movie could be made five minutes shorter, but it's none of those sequences that could be that would be edited out because there's yeah. a lot of shit where they're just kind of just filling up time with people <laughs> looking at shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but like you said, um, there's, there's so many different things that this film would probably keep one away from, but if you're comfortable watching those films, you're in for a treat. And we're not saying that to be sadistic or, you know, immoral or anything like that. It's just, it's a really good film. That's the thing. Without this film, you don't get to all those other things we named. Yeah. Um, because yeah. this is also the progenitor of found footage. A lot of this movie is you is predicated upon them finding yeah, this a footage. movie yeah. and watching it. Yeah, and that's so, how you're getting your story, much like Blair Witch, much like all these other things. Yeah, and this exactly. is the one that did that first. Before this movie, found footage referred to a completely different style of film that I actually know nothing about. I kept meaning to look it up, but... But yeah, we, 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 get, we got time for that later on. But yeah, like I said, uh, delving to that, um, like I said, we're in for delight because I, I really enjoyed this film. Um, this is actually... I started thinking about, like, how, 
all these films we've done have been like I think mostly American. There's been like uh, Hellraiser was in in London, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then we did Visitor Q in Japan. But it's like this is the second Europe, uh, European one that we've done, which is cool. Yeah, uh, and this is the first Italian one, even though it's dubbed in English and <laughs> a lot of scenes. Uh, but man, I, I like this movie a lot, man. Like so this is a uh, uh, Ruggiero uh, Diodato's his masterpiece. Oh no, yeah, Ruggiero Diodato. Uh, I kind of fanboy over to this movie and I found it because one of the places where Deodato got his start was as an assistant director to Sergio Corbucci on his nineteen sixty six masterpiece, Django. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I love awesome. Django. That's a good point. That's Not right. to sound like a hipster. No, no, no. But I've loved it for a long time now, far before like Django Unchained and stuff. I be, being a fan of Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, I, I set out to to under under you know not undermine. Uh, that's what I was about to say. No, no, but now you're trying to get a better understanding to uncover their influences. Yeah, and they're heavily influenced by Django. Oh, and I completely that's, understand. Yeah, he he partially studied under Corbucci, not, so I originally you found know, this movie. Once again, strangely, not through my love of horror films. You know, there's something interesting, too, a little little quick side nugget on that one, too, is if you look at some of the uh, the masters in Italian horror, you look at uh, another perfect example of studying underneath, uh, like a spaghetti Western director, was um, Dario Argento. Mm. He's well known for that. I think he wrote one of, uh, uh, I think, Once Upon a Time in the West. He helped write that film, uh, studied it, etc. And then he moved on to do all these masterpieces in horror. Oh, so, right. So, you know, like I said, it, it kind of goes to show they got their foundations in... Well, and I know that Deodato had uh, a correspondence with the, the great Sergio Leone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because he had a very interesting quote about this movie that I'll bring up later. Yeah, and I like kind of what you're talking about. But yeah, it's really cool, man. Um, like I said, so I, I, I think if you want to hit on some technical notes, we can get these out of the way real quick and kind of nerd out on this film if you like. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, right. so uh, like so we mentioned uh, Ruggiero Deodato, the, the director of this film... Uh, the writers that I've got down uh, for the story and the screenplay is Gianfranco uh, Clarici, and then there's Giorgio uh, Sigani, who did the Italian version, the uh, you know the translator over in Italian. Yep. Uh, the producers on this one are Franco D'Annunzio and Franco Palagi. Uh, music by Riz Ortolani, uh, which the music in this film was awesome, dude. I talk up Super the soundtrack awesome. to this movie every chance I get. Uh, the opening. Yes. Now. Do you know if Tarantino's used that opening theme for anything yet? Because he needs to. It sounds exactly like something that... It wouldn't surprise me if he used, like I said, a clip. Even if it was just a short clip, extended clip, etc. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's, I think that the soundtrack, the score, is beautiful all the way throughout. Even in the intense scenes, it set the tone for those scenes. Oh, it really did. Um, and it, it varies so much, too, from like warm acoustic guitar yeah. opening to... like. There's synths. weird synth shit in the yeah. middle and like deep foreboding synth. You know, like and... said, there's even some scenes like this when you when you set them across the uh, maybe the backdrop of the scene, it gives you this like really uh, for me it's always like surreal like oh man this is uh, it's kind of gut wrenching in a way you know, but uh, beautiful soundtrack. So I give uh, Riz Ortolani a lot of credit for putting that together. And uh, I wrote down the budget was only like a hundred thousand dollars for this film. Uh, yeah. You know, it was like back in 1980. 
mm-hmm. you know, which you know, it's a it's a decent amount compared to what they made. It's it's amazing how much they made. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I guess delving into the cast, <laughs> I'll hit. I'll I'll talk about the first gentleman. Uh, he plays Professor uh, Professor Harold uh, Monroe. This is uh, Robert Kerman. Oh, uh, also not just. I want to point out that mm-hmm. this movie doesn't feature just as another warning, not just sexual abuse torture but I that includes a lot of nudity frontal, frontal nudity mostly like national geographic style nudity yeah oh yeah there's there's some of the like that's that pretty wild, much almost all wild. what it is there's like one scene of like people kind of actually having sex but it's yeah. not it's not in any way sexy and it's very very fucked up actually if you <laughs> yeah. think about what's going on yeah Exactly. Uh, so, but yeah, there's a lot of nudity, and there's some like su- su- suggestible sexual actions. men as well as women, including this man, mm-hmm. who was no stranger to this. Oh no, he he shows his dong. Um, but yeah, this this gentleman, uh, when he was not trying to get into uh, mainstream acting or shows, oh, did which we give his name about, yet? Yeah, Robert Kerman. Okay, uh, he's he's also a porn actor, which uh, he's been in some famous films. Debbie does Dallas, I believe. What, like, <laughs> the most infamous yeah, porn man. film of all time? I think, you know, regardless if, you, if you're if you into that stuff or not, there's, there are certain titles that you're very familiar with, and that's definitely one Yeah, of them. you know Deep Throat, you know Debbie Does yeah. Dallas. And if you don't know those two, you'd probably be, got homeschooled, I Yeah, imagine. or something, because <laughs> they're, references to that are just a part of pop culture. Yeah, I mean, you know, even like said at a young age. You don't even need to know porn to know. No, you've heard those titles, regardless of the context of it. Um, but yeah, he was he was definitely into that. Uh, um, like I said, and some he's of the, kind of an important part in Debbie Does Dallas. Uh, he's the guy in the beginning that pays to to feel her up, and she sort of realizes that she might be able to make be able to make money on the side to get her things going. Yeah. And then at the end, I think he might be the last guy to do her. First, because last. I was about to say I've seen a little bit of Debbie Does Dallas. I never put this together, even yeah. though I've seen him in both turns out i've seen this guy hard <laughs> yeah i mean he like I said he's no, he's no stranger to those films and uh i'm not saying you i'm saying this gentleman but uh you know it's it's it is a, uh one of those things like i said it's a weird universe that we're delving into and you're bound to see somebody in something they're probably not you know their proudest moments but it happens good on him you know what he's in there's two several major legendary actors. movies yeah I was like, this movie on. is Legendary and, and horror, at least infamous. I would say totally, man. This this is like this is one of the one of those cornerstone films, like I said, that spawned a whole different subgenre right after it. But uh, yeah, like I said, he plays a professor. He does have a very important role in this film uh, as well. And then this kind of gets into. I the really film, like him. No, he he does an excellent job, man. I want to see more movies of him interacting with natives. Yeah, doing crazy shit. He, you know, he did a good job, man. Him and Chaco cool. and Miguel. Yeah, they they made a good team in yeah. Jungle. I take those. I'll three take of those. those guys. Yeah, those three can be my guides anywhere. Man, especially in South America. Those oh, are my dude, homeboys. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. definitely. Anyway, well, yeah, we'll continue. Okay, <laughs> so uh, this kind of delves into the the lost footage film crew, as I, as I put them. Uh, the first one is uh, Francesca uh, Ciardi is Faye Daniels. Uh, she also gets credited as another title, too, we talked about. Right, so there are two uncut versions, yeah. and the difference is simply the length of the Last Road to Hell sequence. And the way you can tell the difference between the uncut versions is in the longer one, 
her name is changed to Faye Daniels. Otherwise, it appears in the credits as uh, her script name, which I... Maybe I, like I, Tina something or another. Uh, because they, I think they make mention of it later on in the film, like uh, her name was Tina... It's not no. It's not Tina. It's something. Of it, it's something completely different. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. And it kind of hints that she was brothers with the other guy. It's it's something Tommaso. Okay, because the, the one guy's Mark Tommaso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something Tommaso. It's kind of weird. <laughs> that's weird because there's a weird. Scene I should have made a better too. note of that, but that's okay. But. She does have a different uh, title throughout the major, the majority of this. And film, so that's right? how I know that I watched the shorter uncut version. I can that makes sense. Yeah, which so there's, there's actually not that much of a difference, and I'm okay <laughs> not watching Mondo films. Those, yeah. I mean, I'm I dig exploitation films. I've seen me a Mondo film or two. I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, all of us that were fucked up and grew up in the '90s at some point oh, watched yeah. last uh, fucking Faces of Death. Like, yeah, I think exactly. I mean, if you, if you own a VCR, it's probably the end of that <laughs> at least one time or two, is what she said. Um, but yeah, Francesca Ciardi, she likes it. She, I, throughout the film, I've known her as Faye Daniels. Perry uh, Pickernan played Jack Andrews, or An- Jack Andrews. He was one of the film guys. Okay. Um, I think the blonde-haired guy, that was that's Oh, him. yeah. Uh, for some reason, uh, I mean, in some of the lighting, he, I knew that he was blonde, but in some of the lighting, he looked ginger. So I just yeah. kept writing him down as ginger in my notes. And it works for me. <laughs> Uh, one of the guys we just mentioned about, Mark Tommaso, um, was played by uh, Luca uh, Babareski. Now, Luca... He helped out major... Or I guess re- Mark and Faye, Gennaro. Luca and whatever her real name is. Yeah. Uh, they were cast primarily because they were Italian actors that could speak English. Mm-hmm. And they needed at least two primary cast members to be Italian... For it to be an Italian movie by Italian uh, law, makes sense. Um, you know, that's is but he had because, chose to do the movie in English for yeah, it to reach a broader audience. Makes perfect sense. Um, but that I mean it, it gave it gave like I said both both Europe and you know America worldwide this film. So it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Now the, and the, most of the rest of the cast are American. Yeah, exactly. So this, these two, I mean, you just look at the names right off the top of the bat. You're like, no, <laughs> hello. Yeah, so the other major actor in this film, I would say, is uh, Carl Gabriel York. He played uh, Alan Yates. And, you know, throughout this entire film, when they show that found footage, they always talk about Alan. Now, I find that this film, when it does gain criticism uh, for its more, not because of the violence or anything, but for some of the more technical aspects, is sometimes because of his acting. Yeah. I find him to be incredible. Yeah, that, that throughout he did a really good it, job. Because I feel like... There's kind of a there's kind of a little there's a subplot where where they're the crew aren't the best of people no, and exactly. we'll get a little bit more into that in the guts and bolts and I feel like he is excellent at moving between the him putting on a mask and him lapsing into more of the real him oh, and, yeah. and showing a difference and yeah, I, and, and that's, I think that's, that's where point. people find weird and stiff is is the parts where you're sort sort of supposed to find him weird and stiff you know and, and... The, the interesting thing, too, about this film that, that I read, you know, like in little trivia nuggets or whatnot, is that when they did cast him for this film, they just brought him in, and he had no idea what the whole idea behind the film was, so he just kind of went in raw and going with it, mm-hmm. with whichever direction Diodata was kind of directing them in, so, so uh, it's interesting because this is, like I said, it's a super raw film. 
Ooh, this is, dude, this is a rough one. I think this movie, this movie really can encapsulate some of the weird, the, the weirdness of what it means to be a horror fan. Where, oh, yeah. Where yeah. some of this stuff is genuinely hard and disturbing to watch, but you still, you still have this curious, this curiosity and this willingness and you're like, but, but I got to see what happens. Like, well, yeah, like I so said, that's, that's a perfect example of that was what, what was going on with Marty and found, you know, he had that yeah. curiosity it just depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go, you know? Um, but yeah, like I said, for me, like I said, I, I've and this seen, one's a bit far down the rabbit hole. It is, but you know, like I said, I've been I've been a lot further down that cavern. Yeah, <laughs> and this movie kind of set up that cavern oh, in it a did, way. Man. That's like uh, it's like going right into the cave. No, as we <laughs> pointed out, this was investigated for being a snuff film. It, it certainly was, uh, partially because the, those cast members they that you just named them. off, yeah. part of their contract was they had to disappear from the media for a year. Which is, you know, thinking even back then, I was like, that's a brilliant move. Like, what we would think of today as some crazy-ass viral marketing, where these people actually disappear to help sell this that this movie's real. <laughs> exactly. They did this back in 1980. So think, that's, that's pretty, you know, uh, it's pretty ingenious, man, when you think about that. And the effects are real enough that the guy had to go defend himself in court. Yeah, and that's, you know, when, when you can put out a film like this and make... The, the courts think that this is a snuff film. You know, when you watch it now, you can totally tell it's not. But, I mean, I can imagine seeing that during that time period and be like, holy shit. Um, but, yeah, he got charged, like I so said, with obscenity laws. Charged him with murder of those actors. And he brought in um, the guy that played Mark Damaso, uh, Luca uh, Babareski. And then he got the other actors to appear in court. Like you know, it's like, hey, yeah. look, you know, this was a film. Yeah, well, and I believe they have, uh, they appeared on a talk show with them too, or yeah, something exactly. like that. So, to be I mean, like, hey, here we are, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, hello, gotcha. <laughs> and the they one of the things was they thought he killed one of the native girls. Yeah, in a very infamous yeah, and impalement scene. Explain how that happened. And he had to show that how that was done in court. Yeah, it was and, pretty interesting. Like when you when you hear about how she did that and how. Yeah, well, Mannequin I actually have kind of a story about that. We'll get we'll into it, it later. We'll save, we'll, it, we'll yeah. save it to actually when we get to that part in the, uh, in the uh, guts and bolts. Yeah, exactly. But there's, because there's... I can actually break. I I know the trick. I'm pretty sure you do too. Yeah, and um, we can actually break down the guts yeah, and bolts. Yeah, so we of that can do that. Okay, because there's you. some there's some interesting facts. Like so, we can get into. But technically, this is it. This is your cast. This is your directors, your producers, etc. But I also Not want to point out that maybe this is a good time to point out the difference. Like we, if you watch. The version with the last road to hell, people really die in it. Yeah. But this isn't a snuff film. No, 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 no. Now a snuff film is where somebody is killed for the purpose of them being filmed. Precisely. The people that die in the last road to hell, unfortunately, were going to die anyway. There just happened to be a camera there. Yeah. But this movie condemns the fact that the camera was only there for the purpose of exploiting them being killed. Exactly. Which is what the Mondo film genre is about. Uh, and I'm not, I mean, as we both just said, we're, I mean, uh, neither of us are the biggest fan, but we've, we've been there. Mondo yeah, so films we've, have we've been. been. We've been down that rabbit hole. <laughs> guts and bolts. Now we're into the guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Now, last that. time we said that guts was very applicable. Yeah. And it was for comedic effect. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
in this case, it is not. <laughs> now, in this case... And it is still very applicable. <laughs> yes. this In this case, it's, I think, with, I would say shock value and just per, per, you know, for the pure fact that, yeah, there's definitely see guts in this film. Now, I said, I said earlier that I would... Drop a leg is hot? God damn it. Uh, I, I said earlier that I would mention it. And so maybe maybe a good way to open up the guts and bolts would be with that the letter that Sergio Leone wrote to Deodato yeah. after after watching the movie. It's a Dear Rogero, what a movie. The second part is a masterpiece of cinematographic realism, but everything seems so real that I think you'll get in trouble with all the world. Yeah, exactly. And that's this movie at one point was banned in fifty countries. Think about that, man. It, that's that's a point in a, a very poignant statement that he he told him. Like it's it is. It's a very very brilliant film. But certain people, certain you know aspects of society will not get this film because it's not really intended for them. I mean, no. maybe it is, and it's way. I mean, it's maybe it's too real for them. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Let's 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 go through it a little yeah. bit, and then there's some some things about it. I I just kind of want to bring up. A, I mean, I guess we could have brought up earlier, but right. I just want to bring it up later. That's right. I want to get through the film first. Yeah, man. So, well, let's let's delve right into it. So, the, it it opens up. I really like this sequence too because it's just kind of a a flyover of like the Amazon. You see the forest. You see the river. Really, like a strong soundtrack right off the bat. You already, for me, it's kind of like it, it's almost, you know, knowing that this film is you know what it is and you hear that kind of music entrance you're like oh man they're trying to set you up big time oh yeah dude <laughs> it's, it's not feel good but the music's kind of feel good guitar and it just is. these lushish shots of i mean this was actually filmed down in yeah. the amazon and stuff so exactly just man. these actual luscious shots of the the amazon river and the rainforest and the i like when the when the title pops up it's framed by the banks of the amazon river yep I thought that was kind of neat. I don't know if Good they touch. framed that necessarily on purpose, but yeah, I noticed. I, so. I thought it was dope. <laughs> but yeah, like so, we see this this fly in, and then uh, accused to a reporter. I think he's like on the um, the like the, the the balcony, or I guess like the lookout of uh, the Empire State Building, and uh, he's given a report uh, on cannibalism. Essentially, is what it boils down to mm-hmm. in modern society, and you know, like we're almost ready to explore into outer space and, you know, like the, uh, this, but we still don't even know what's going on in our own societies and on our own planet. Now, there's there's some awesome themes throughout this movie oh, yeah. and pointing out, like, what's truly savage and what's not. And this this news reporter sequence truly sets it up from the beginning. Yes. Because all the times that he's talking about savages, they're they're doing quick cuts around the city and showing off the urban jungle as it was and all these things that we've popped up. Exactly. And I think for the most part, maybe not all the time, but 90% of the time when he's talking about just what we've done as like a whole and not talking about savages but like uplifting society and stuff – that's the times when it's focused back in on him. Right. And every time he's talking about savages, they're showing who you're so, supposed to think the true savages are in this movie. Precisely. They're setting it up from the so beginning. So like I said, it gives you two... It give, it's setting up a, um, the tone for, like I said, all these different subjects they're about to hit upon. And like I said, and in, in one precisely, like how do we, how do we perceive what, what is savage mm-hmm. and what is modernization or what's modern society as, you know, what we perceive it as anyhow yeah so he's given this report and uh eventually he talks about uh these four americans they're gonna go down to uh to document um i can't remember he says the rio uh is like okoro 
down in Brazil or Peru, somewhere down there. It's like, you know, where there's like certain tribes, primitive tribes that have never been seen never by white people. Never been seen. What have you? These brave adventurers are going to go out and film them and do this. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a quick just run through of, of who you're... Not really your main cast, because Monroe's really your main cast. He is. Uh, but, I mean, if this is Saving Private Ryan, they're Private <laughs> Ryan, you know what I mean? Essentially. So, you know, we see, like, a, I put down, like, a little funny dialogue, because they're having, the, the film crew, per se, is having, like, this little, you know, like, uh, what's the scariest thing to you? He's like, getting married. It's like, oh, yeah, they're really putting it on for the camera and setting up the beginning of the doc. Yeah, and... yeah so it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of silly. It's a little bit funny. It shows like, hey, we can have a good time, etc. And then they mentioned that, like this French uh, team and like I guess maybe another American team went down there and they're like, oh, the French, they're no good. They never did anything. Yeah, you know, blah blah blah. And they're like, oh they're yeah, bunch of jerks. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, and oh yeah, well, it's kind of funny because it kind of seems it kind of seems like they're putting it on for the camera. But oh yeah, they are. You do see, uh, Faye has a line that I had to write down because. Uh, this this quote I felt was a little bit more true to character because in the beginning it seems like it's a funny line. Right. But you kind of see how full of themselves they really are. And it, and it really applies to them later on. And she's just like, for us the difficult doesn't exist and the impossible just takes a little more time. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She does say stuff like that, man. Like, But you're real. I think, like I said, out of all of them, we'll find out later, she was a little bit more serious about what was going on. I don't think she... I've seen some some arguments online that she may have been more of an innocent. There, there's arguments, but I I think they were all fucked up. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So there there was mention like so there was two expeditions before one in fifty nine, one in sixty seven. Neither one came back. Like so, so this is we we are introduced to the film crew from the eventually our found footage um and then it talks about the professor an anthropologist who's going to you know he studied like all these tribes etc and uh, he's going to go into the green inferno which is a huge reference well i want to say the reason they're talking about the professors they're like here's all this yeah. and these are the last pictures we have of them yeah like kind of like flying off however professor harold monroe yeah. harold monroe right am i right yeah harold monroe yeah uh, anthropologist at NYU. Yeah, I think so because it's in New York. The set, like the, that whole first part of the film. He's heading the off the rescue team anyway. And yeah, they're going to go in looking for them, and he knows all this knowledge about these native tribes and whatnot. Or, you know, so yeah, this is the first time that the professor, although he has all this knowledge, be the first time he goes into the Green Inferno. Yeah, and as you were about to say before, yeah. I, I threw out all. No, that's okay, stuff. man. Green Inferno. Since yeah, this movie, who I you know I really like this. The, he's he's an actor in small bits, but he, you know cameos. But uh, as a director, he's he's done some really good films, man. Yep. In the 2000s. modern day gore, modern yep. day splatter, legend in a way. Eli Roth, so man, right now kind of he's, people know who he is. Maybe not maybe not established as a true legend yet, but I mean, yeah. even if you don't like his movies. If you're into this kind of film, you've yeah. probably seen Hostel. Hostel you've, will be a huge one. Uh, uh, Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever, which I really like, which we talked about on this one too, which just came out just what a couple of years ago. He last put year, out two a years movie, ago. The Green Inferno. Yeah, which is which is a huge homage. <laughs> which this movie was. I still haven't titled. watched it yet, but I, I did follow actually the production of it and stuff. I got and, to watch it, man. It's like I said, it's worth watching. And after watching this film or before. There's some neat stories from the making of that, too, and we'll probably hit it at a later date, oh, no actually. Doubt. So here's another film that's 
like I said, tied right back into this mm-hmm. film. For so they were reason. so they were making a movie, The Green Inferno, because yep. this area they call the Green Inferno. So there was that reference if you're familiar or not familiar with it. Then accuse what I would put down to like uh, you see like this Amazon tribe. Which I, I can't remember what they call them exactly right off the top of my head. It's like Oyo, uh, oh, Oyo or something like that. Well, I believe they're the, the Yakumo. Yeah, Yakumo. But there are times in the dialogue where it seems like they call them the Yakuna. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if it, it refers to something specifically or not, but I believe their official name is the Yakumo. Is that and that's what I always found written down and stuff. I, I think that's precisely the point. Yeah, man. But they're like you see them kind of like gnawing on meaty bones as well. An arm, look yeah. like an arm. I mean, it's in hand. It, it's it's. I think at this point you kind of get to see cannibalism. Warning. Oh, I mean, we didn't warn for cannibalism, but it's in the title. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you know, we have, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, uh, we, I don't feel. I bad. think the title suggests if you were not expecting cannibalism. <laughs> And the word that follows right after is Holocaust. So, you know, I kind of... Yeah, hello. <laughs> if you were not expecting cannibalism, uh, sorry. Yeah, maybe you need to look up that term. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. So, they're not yeah. on an arm. Yeah, you see, like, this, uh, these little these tribesmen... Uh, I'm not sure. There might be some tribeswomen sprinkled in amongst the bunch. But uh, you see, like, this military force pop out of the, of the jungle, start opening up on them, and then... There's kind of like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say a chase, but alluring back into the jungle uh, of the tribe. And then, they, like I said, these military people mowing them down. Yeah, they uh, they drop a few of them, but manage yeah. to capture one. Exactly. And like, he, I think one of their guys gets popped. Yeah, one of their guys right gets the popped neck. with the poison dart. I think it's the first time, first time, too, you get to see a little bit of blood. So if you're squeamish, which I, you know. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cutting them, deal. trying to, to, to bleed it. Get the poison it. out, yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> no, and you can you can. That's not a big point. Up. He does. Yeah. He does. Uh, they do capture one. He they has do. both uh, an important necklace and an important tattoo. He does. He has a tattoo on the back of his neck. Lets him know like he's a shaman son. Uh, and I think like the necklace represents maybe a jaguar or something like that. Uh, they make mention of it, but they have uh, what I wrote down. Like there's a Spanish dialogue that goes on. So if you don't have it in subtitles. And you're not familiar with Spanish, you're gonna miss out. It just basically talks about them being in the jungle. Uh, the American crew are coming in; they're trying to look for them, etc. They got this guy that captured. They're gonna use him. Exactly. Monroe gets flown in. This is one of the parts you could probably trim down because yeah. it takes like five minutes for the plane to land. I but basically, he's God. the the that the guy who's leading the lieutenant who's leading that little military force that came in and wiped out and captured that guy. Um, he's just letting them know, like. They're, that guy's going to lead them back in the jungle. They're going to find or try to find the crew that got lost. Well, and Monroe's trying to plead his case, and the dude's yeah. just like, look, I can't say no to you. You come way too highly recommended. I just can't guarantee your safety. Yeah, and like he, he wants to bring a bunch of shit with him, but he's like, look, all you need is medicine, like a few things. That's about it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, he hands him the necklace, and part of the necklace was phase lighter. Yeah, and, and he identifies he like, that. Exactly. He, he makes mention of it. That's, like, that's kind of the first step up. Like, okay, what's going on? Then you get introduced to one of my favorite characters, Chaco. Yeah, Chaco, man. Dude, Chaco the Guide is awesome. Yeah. And you get to, they don't mention his name for a while, but you also see his sidekick. I call him his sidekick. That's basically Miguel. what he is. Yeah, Miguel's awesome. Miguel is awesome, man. Dude, Miguel knows his shit. Yeah. 
If it wasn't for him, there's was, there was a lot of this movie that wouldn't happen. No, they'd be dead. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Very dead. Yeah, that'd be too uh, awesome. Although, I mean, Chaco knows his shit, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they work in tandem, so mm-hmm. it works out perfect. Uh, but yeah, we get the, we get introduced to these guys. Um, you know, like I so said, they're they're basically going to go into the the forest. Use I guess this uh, their captured guy is a guy because he's leading right back into that tribe. Dude, and Chaco got me right away. I love one of his opening lines. Yeah, uh, I think it might be like the third thing he says or something. He's like, uh, the only thing I know is that we're going to risk our lives to save those fuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, all right, man. All Dude, right. I, I'm like, I dig this guy. He's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, it, like so, those 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 guys really he, they kept the professor in check a lot throughout, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that too. But uh, Wait, then he gets to show his shit towards the end too. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about this movie too. There's there's kind of a nice everybody brought something to the party. the party. Yeah, man. You know, there's there's moments of tension, but you know, they all they all went wound up usually going with a level head. But uh, I think there was a point where they like to cross that river, and well, uh, I also I do want to point out <laughs> that Chaco actually mentions that. The the Akumo aren't actually cannibals. Yeah, exactly. They just got wound up being. They just so happen to be at that point, um, kind of what, like scavenging. what they were doing was a religious ceremony. Yeah, that's a good point. Intended they were, to drive off the evil spirits of which the white more, white people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, like it was a way. But yeah. Otherwise, not otherwise cannibals. not. Yeah, exactly. They just so happen to be doing that ritual. Uh, throughout this movie, one of the themes I found is that. Uh, even though there's times when the tribes do do some pretty heinous things, it's within their viewpoint of the world. Yeah, exactly. They they honestly, like, this isn't even a matter of, like, willful ignorance. Like, they have no contact with the outside world, and this is honestly how they still believe things to be, like all of our civilizations once were. Yeah, exactly. This is like going right back to, like I said, the, what we would view as the primitive society. Uh, but like I said, they're still keeping those rituals and ceremonies intact. And know? some of them are terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, from our from our modern standpoint, yeah, of course. But within the tribe, it's just, you know, that's how they conduct business within that community. Well, and we'll get to a very clear example pretty, pretty oh, soon. Oh, yeah. So, but, but, like, so making long story But it's, sure, it's yeah. contrasted very clearly against civilized people oh, yeah. not just causing pain, but exploiting it intentionally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's pretty neat throughout. And, I and, and this is one of those things, like, you see these guys cannibalizing but it's pointed out like look these guys don't even normally do this like yeah this is because these extreme circumstances are forced upon them and they know no other way exactly i mean what are they supposed to do at this point hello mm-hmm. of course you're going to cannibalize them to offer up <laughs> some sort of religious ceremony to try to get them the fuck away <laughs> yeah not right here have some of whatever this dude's <laughs> name is <laughs> but uh bob <laughs> 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 but uh yeah so so like i guess getting back to <laughs> to what we were saying is uh yeah the whole point like said so that little expedition with uh like said so, um uh, miguel and what was the other gentleman's name i can't remember his name right off the top of my head chaco yeah chaco okay chaco <laughs> uh one of the like so the 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 tribesmen they captured chaco taco chaco taco man that sounds good right now right uh but yeah, they're crossing like this little little portion of the river, and, and Miguel gets the leeches on him, and he's like, ah, and he's kind of freaking out. That was kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know. Like at, at certain points in the very beginning, there's certain little silly scenes that could really throw you off if you're not anything familiar with this film. 
You know, you you haven't seen anything yet. Let's put it that but way. It's not. It's not silly. There's yeah, like I said, but <laughs> um, there are certain points where I think the professor wants to help out that little tribesman. Well, they're being a bit rough with him and shit. They are, and you know, he's like he's trying to stand up for that guy, but they're well, like, he, you know, hey, if we don't do this, he's a humanitarian through and through. He, he wants is. to treat him, treat him nice and stuff. Yeah, and they're they have to kind of put him in place a little bit. Like you we, don't really understand what this guy will do to he's you. He's essentially a prisoner of war right now and this is like against his honor and everything. We give him the chance, we're we're dead. Yeah. Like it's like we're not playing with this guy, you know, we have a mission to accomplish. You mm-hmm. just you know there's a reason why they're guiding him and not the other way around. Uh <laughs> so uh yeah there's a point where like so they're going through after having like this they're they're discussing about how to treat that that, you know, Yokomo and uh you see like a jaguar like a cut of a jaguar and then um i think chaco like he sees it they be they're trying to be a hush hush but he winds up tripping over a corpse and that's the first time we see a right. corpse in the film uh which is pretty gnarly man uh i like that you see the bugs and you know shit coming in and out of the skull uh yeah chaco checks it out and he identifies it he knows yeah. who it is and if you've been paying close attention to names you would identify it as philippe yeah, it was Felipe. Or Felipe. I yeah. can't remember if it was, no, it was Felipe. Felipe. It was Felipe. Felipe, who was the guide for the film crew. Yeah. So so right now, it's like, oh no. So he, Chaco even makes mention, like, uh, he's like, well, if he made it this far into the jungle, I wonder what stopped him or what caused this to mm-hmm. happen because he knows it inside out, apparently, like I do. Mm-hmm. So kind of what he mentioned. So already, like, oh shit, we see the first gnarly corpse. You see the jaguar, which you know they talked about on that that necklace. So you get to see a little bit of that, like you know maybe that it ties back into mythology or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyhow, I, I guess at this point too, um, the professor kind of I, I think what happens they talk about eating dinner, and this is the first time that you see like the animal death scene. Oh yeah, um, Miguel kills the coyote. They yeah. call it a muskrat, but it's not. No, it's not no, a no, muskrat. No. And that. Out of all, for me at least, out of all the animal deaths in this movie, yeah, most of them are pretty quick. For me, this is the one that that's the worst for that's me. Like, God damn, yeah, because he kind of bleeds it out a little bit first. Yeah, it's like I said, I, I don't enjoy any aspect of what they were doing, but you know, like I said, for the context of the film, it it has its a, a certain merit, I suppose. Uh, the other ones are all quicker than this one. Yeah, they're and... the the. the the most infamous one is drawn out, but the drawn out portion is after the animal's already dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think they do call it, like, for, for the film's sake, he calls it a muskrat, and he winds up jabbing it in the throat a couple times. Mm-hmm. Then winds up cooking it, and that's their dinner for the night, you know? It's like, oh, we get a treat. We get to eat meat tonight, uh, is what Miguel tells him. And uh, the whole time, Chaco is actually getting the uh, that little uh, tribesman cool. fucking stoned. Dude, he's doing some fucking lines <laughs> yeah. of coke with him. He's like, he's got his uh, his I guess like a Bowie knife out, and chopping up lines and blowing it in his face. And he's like, yeah, you like that? And he does a couple himself. <laughs> yeah, like you know, at first that that little tribesman, Chaco gets down. Yeah, he's. He does, man. And there's, I think there's a scene. I don't know if we skipped it or if it's coming up. It's but coming up. Yeah, but there's a, you know. We'll, it's we'll talk up. about it. <laughs> um, uh, and they do give the Akumo the stomach of the, of the muskrat because yeah. they say that, hey, dude loves them. And yeah. he gives it to him and he fucking mouths down. I mean, that's his shit, man. Yeah. You know, mine's curry, but that's his shit. 
then we get to uh, one of the for me I, this is almost one of the rougher ones. In oh the man, movie. yeah, this is like all right. At this point, up to this point in the film, like you know, I'd say you're kind of you're kind of walking in the ballpark right before you get onto the field, <laughs> you know, of play, uh, so to speak. Give you a you know a metaphor here, but uh, this is the first point where it gets super fucking real in the film, like yeah. you said. And uh, at this point in the film, if you're not comfortable with this scene, you're not going to be comfortable with anything probably past this scene. Now, an interesting little tactical note on this scene yes. is they couldn't actually get any of the locals to play the part of the woman. So, yeah, they chose one so, of their own. Yeah, I, it was the... Wardrobe, maybe? Or I was going to say makeup. Makeup. Maybe. maybe it was makeup. I think it was a makeup lady. Yeah. And she was just merely covered in... If you watch, she's covered in mud the entire time. Yeah, and her she head, certainly Her hair's is. just fucked up, but she's definitely not one of the... Not one of the natives. No, no, no. She's not a native at all. And uh, the whole time that that's going on, like I said, there's Chaco Miguel, that little tribesman, and um, the professor. They kind of walk up on it. They don't, like, you know, like stumble across, like, oh, this is what's going down right in front of me. They're kind of off in the in the jungle, seeing, witnessing this ritual. Now, this, now this is yeah, rough. Adulterous. Yeah. But I do want to point out that there's, there's a turning point in this movie where, especially because... Uh, I got to watch this movie twice before doing this episode. Right. And I especially paid attention to this the second time through. Everything that happens in the first half of the movie, the second time through, if you pay attention, doesn't actually look all that good. You're right. I agree with you there. But everything in the last half of the movie looks really good. And I think there was a technical decision they made mm-hmm. that helps that happen. Uh, so... As much as you might not want to, if if you have a hard time with this scene, yeah. if you pay even more attention, you might have a better time with this scene because you can see how fake it looks. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. But like, but if you're not comfortable, mind, if you're not comfortable with this, I'm not saying that anybody's ever comfortable with this because that's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying if you're familiar with films that use this as you know one of its topics. And they depict it on film, even though it's actors and actresses and et cetera, et cetera. They're acting. This is not, they're not really doing this. But the simulation of it is pretty, you know, it's pretty raw. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Uh, they make it, you know, well known what the intention is. So this tribesman drags this bound woman yeah. and ties her out to this stake. like the stake, yeah. Uh, rapes her with a giant stone like a phallic stone is what it essentially is what it is it's a ritual stone is what i would put it as then uh forms a giant ball of mud and nails yeah and pushes it up into her yeah exactly before then bludgeoning her to death yeah so like i said it's it's rough fucking scene because you know like so the whole time she's naked He's doing this this ritual from it. It's called like an adulterous ritual. They, is what they he, said he that it was as. an adultery punishment. Yeah, exactly, and had to be performed because if they didn't perform, if they didn't allow the the guy to perform it, then they were going to come after the guy who was supposed to perform that ritual and kill him. So they'd be in a whole another fucking mess. You know, mm-hmm. they bring out the whole tribe on them. Yeah, um, not yeah. Uh, they said it's it's considered a divine commandment. Exactly, and. First off, the tribe wouldn't like them because they were the ones that fucked it up. And the tribe would have to kill him because he didn't complete it. Exactly. So you have this whole other dilemma. 
And so that's why it was nice to have Chaco and Miguel because we're about to find out what Miguel's worth here in just a moment. Um, so they use that whole scene, like I guess after he bludgeons her and does the whole ritual, he pushes the the, the, the tribesmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pushes her off in a canoe, and then he starts to go back to the village, and they follow him back, and that's their they you know their way back into finding the whole camp. Well, they don't just follow. Yeah, they they fire off a couple warning shots yeah, yeah. so that he gets his ass moving. Yeah, because it's funny because he kind of like, he's like, duh. he always has this duh moment. That yeah. guy like, ah. but I, you know, they've never heard that before. So what the hell, you know, what yeah, kind of reaction exactly. would somebody have hell? if they've never heard that sound before? That would be it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. They pop off a couple rounds and then they wind up, um, like I said, going right into where, where that tribe is at. And I thought, uh, this next scene is absolutely amazing, as you said. This is where Miguel is pretty awesome. Man. Well, this is where Miguel literally shows his stuff. He literally shows all himself. If you have a thing for scrawny Latin guys, this is you. This is your thing. This is your scene. <laughs> this is your scene coming up. <laughs> uh, dominant scrawny yeah. Latin guys who who might want to have you on a leash. I mean, that's what happened. So the whole point of this this scene right here was uh, they were going to offer up the captured. Uh, tribesmen that that they've had the whole time as a way to um, almost kind of like a make a peace offering. Like, we've got your mm-hmm. prisoner, but we don't want to cause you any harm. They're not quite quite entirely positive how to do it. Yeah. Miguel seems to have the best idea, and he goes for it. He goes... And Chaco's like, God damn it, if he pulls this off. He's this a is fucking some... genius. <laughs> oh, my God. And honestly, like, if you're sitting there and you're, like, trying to analyze what's going on and shit, yeah, like, exactly. it's pretty amazing, because Miguel goes out there... Yeah, he gets butt Prisoner naked. Prisoner in tow, gets naked. To, he shows that. Yeah, I don't have no anything. Weapons, I nothing. don't have anything. I have your prisoner, and he comes out and he presents it in front of them. And they and, creep. They like right pop up right out of that little bush that they're in, mm-hmm. and they start shooting darts like right at the feet of him in the mud. And they just pop, 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 pop. Yeah, and, and they keep marching a little no bit further. Yeah, and they come a little bit closer and just keep pop, blowing pop, darts. Do yeah, it. It's, it's awesome. Shows nothing. Yeah, and there's and they a. They do it one more time. Pop, 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 pop. And he eventually does like. And he goes yeah. and he picks up a stick and he just clears them from the ground. Yeah. Shows the stick, but then shows that he still has control of their prisoner. Yeah. Like, and he starts beating them a little bit and like moving them towards them and stuff. But they run off. But their running off signifies, come with us. Yeah. So what what has happened at this point was that Miguel have pulled off this. This this set of um, events that got them entrance into that camp without any harm. It isn't. It, any I ill find will. that scene in some way weirdly spellbinding. Like it what is. he's managing to pull off, even right. though I know that this isn't the way that. Even though they worked with real tribesmen, yeah. this isn't the way these tribes actually communicate. No. But you could but for get, the, you for could the understand the intentions of what they were trying, the communication they precisely. Were trying to and it was it, yeah, like I said, it is spellbinding because it's. Uh, think about this. You grab any three of your homies that you know, you go into the jungle and try to do that without knowing that. How? What? <laughs> like, I would, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. I would never think to drop my trowel. Dude, they're having me for dinner and not like they have Monroe later. <laughs> no. It's it's raw, baby. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have you raw. There's no seasoning there. <laughs> Just some leaves, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, like I said, he pulled it off. So they get entrance into the camp. That's the whole point. He pulled it off, like, uh, Chaco was saying he's a genius and he is uh, and they show up and the women folk freak out yeah they do 
Uh, but the warriors kind of reassure them and like back them off. Like, no, don't fuck with the white men. Like, we like these ones. Like, yeah, this <laughs> this is ours, man. Come on now. They're down with the brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. Once they enter, eventually the uh, the professor he recognizes um, this piece of jewelry that one of the tribeswomen is wearing, and so Chaco's like, nope. Yep. Don't mm-hmm. say anything. He says, don't be, don't even act like you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't That's, even. Not until they bring it up, basically. Like, yeah, like so. Professor has he has these intentions, but then Chaco and or Miguel will keep him in check. Like, you know, hey, you need to keep that shit on the low. You know, you have good intentions, but this is not how it's done. You know, mm-hmm. there's, like, yeah, there's processes. There's yeah, they they have a way of of going about things. It's you know, you it's just to... it's it's politics just as well, just in a different format. It really is. You know. They have ways of handling their their you know conduct, but anywho, um, yeah. So he recognized it. Like I said, Chaco's like, Mm-mm, calm down. And they're sort of standing there, and it seems like one of the I don't know, maybe one of the elders or something. Yeah, he kind of he comes up to him, and, and he kind of tell he kind of explains what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's kind of vague, but if once you've seen the rest of the movie, oh yeah, he tells you what happens. No, it's it's. Yeah, he he does. He tells you exactly what the other team did. It's just, it's kind of hard to interpret all those events events through, through <laughs> shouting and hand signals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's I, it's pretty wild, man. Like, because um, it does show you, and it makes perfect sense when you when you start thinking about the themes of this movie. You know, um, how like I said, how we perform our daily duties and communication and, and whatnot, how we've uh, evolved. Mm-hmm. To a higher society, but how that you can still get the message across is just you know how it's communicated and what we what, how we perceive things, I suppose you know. But that's that's a good that's a good point, man. The way that like I said, he expresses the story. It's just you know how do you interpret that? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it is it this tribe? Is it when they're still here with the Akumo that like they they give them the knife and shit? Because that was kind of neat. But. Yeah, so, yeah, what what happened, uh, I think what, yeah, he, uh, Mick Miguel, he, like, pulls out this switchblade because one of the tribesmen got shot. Mm-hmm. And I think they talked about it being from, like, I think, the you know, the crew. Yeah, their buddies. Yeah, exactly, the people they're looking for. And so they're not sure if he's going to make it. And they've got him kind of, like, I don't know, like some kind of ointment they had made around the wound. Mm-hmm. And one of the women are just kind of, like, laying with him, maybe his wife, who knows. But the whole point was there. He was Miguel was trying to show them that this is a switchblade. It's kind of like a a way of maybe helping them get that shit out. But it's also not to do harm to you guys. Yeah, like here, like he's showing them how it works. Also yours. Yeah, boom, boom. This is. But I think it was cool because not only could we use it to do harm, we're giving it up to you and showing you how to use it. This is how you pull it out. You know what to do. (laughs) So yeah, it's another peace offering. but they don't stay long with them. No. They decide to go further in. And this is, I think, what you were about to bring up about Chaco. Because this is when they're sitting in the rain. And yeah. Chaco's smoking a joint. Yeah. And, uh, and this he is... tries offering it to the professor. Yeah. Professor's like, nah. You know, I need to keep a fo- uh, center head. Which is funny because like the, the right after that switchblade scene and whatnot, they had like this little, uh, I don't know, this drink. That they were offered. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, probably, I, I would man. imagine. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> 
I don't know if I'd want to drink that. That would have been alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the way it looked. Yeah. Mm. No. No. I'm good. No. It's like that's not the alcohol we're familiar with. <laughs> mm. It's not bottled up. It's served to you in a bowl. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, so it's funny. I thought it was kind of funny that uh, if he was down to drink that shit, he went down to smoke a joint. What the fuck? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but anyhow. Well, it's probably because it's just being offered by Chaco and not the tribe's people. Yeah. He's he like, knows he's in with Chaco because he, he's the one writing Chaco's paycheck. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, what he's doing at this point, too, is the professor starts to comment on uh, the difference between like the tree and the swamp tribes. Uh, I can't remember the exact name that he the, used for The them. tree people are the Yanamono, mm-hmm. and the swamp people are the, I wrote this down, uh, Shimatari. Okay. And so they're they're both cannibal tribes, is that correct? Yes. And, and they they're have both different the major views. tribes of the region. Yeah, exactly. The Okomo that they were just with are are small fry compared to these other two. Exactly. Like All they're the other just tribes are scared of these other two. Precisely. And they're in a constant war with each other over this region. Yeah. And uh, the whole time, like, so the, and the whole point is, like, I guess they're in, like, this little, I don't know, it almost looks like a little clearing in that mm-hmm. jungle section. And, like, so there's a little bit of rain, Chaco smoking joint. But he's making those comments on tape. And uh, Miguel is like, he needs some silence because he hears something. You know, he needs to cut that shit off is what he tells <laughs> Basically is what he tells him. Um, and so what they do is, I think they see, like, this tribe smoking out somebody up in the trees mm-hmm. and uh oh yeah so yeah they run into some uh shimatari hunting some yanamono yeah okay yeah that's exactly what's going on so they're smoking one of the tribe oh, i'm sure i'm gonna out. say these names wrong at least like five times but i'm coming close i'm pretty sure so and you got this uh they so, run into some swamp people hunting some tree people so if yeah there we so, go they, i like it some swamp and tree people so uh no i'm not gonna say that because that's not fair <laughs> but uh you know if you're if you're from the south maybe you know what i'm talking about uh <laughs> but uh anywho that's what they're doing you, they, they walk up on the two tribes one of them smoking one of the other tribe out right and so um they do they smoke out i think a woman there's quite a few of them there is quite a few and uh they're, what they're seeing really is the aftermath of a big raid. Like, exactly. it, it's already, for the most part, taken place. There's already a lot dead. Yeah, there's like, so a bench, uh, what essentially what they walked up on, like I said, they're, they're, see, they're witnessing like some rape, uh, some cannibalism going on too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's like the tree people from the other side start to kind of sneak up on the swamp people that are doing this. And uh, that's when. Chaco and Miguel and the professor intervene. I know that we both watched the Blu-ray transfer too. Yeah. This is another one of those scenes that actually becomes easier to watch the more you pay attention. Oh yeah. There's there's a gal in the background that it looks like they're they're like trying to cut in half long yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. If you You're look right. Like they didn't even color, really they didn't anything. even color the middle of her chest like dark no. to make it look like there's a wound opening. They're smearing blood just yeah like i mean that that whole scene that's it's not it's small fries compared to the big burger that's coming up and eventually coming up and continually comes up uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> so yeah this is small fries man like, like, i i started laughing when i noticed uh, you know me too because, especially because like i said i know that we both watched the blu-ray transfer yeah. oh yeah it's even more noticeable when you're just like oh, yeah especially look. when they clean it up yeah like come on what look at that what they are painting <laughs> they're, they're finger paint. painting all over her chest yeah That's it, all the whole doing. point was they're supposed to show that like the captured woman getting sliced up when Really, there's smearing paint on her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so long story short, like I said, you see the, the tree people come in. They're trying to help out 
that little situation. And, and it's a much smaller group, but yeah. you, you would imagine, like, they see their people getting killed and raped and shit, so they're coming in, if nothing else, on the basis of honor, I would imagine. Like, yeah. And it's at that point that the group decides to step in and help. And they do. They shoot, like, I, I, I wrote down, like, three different swamp people. Mm-hmm. And run them off. Yeah, they basically run them off. And then uh, this was a way of kind of showing respect towards the tree people. Mm-hmm. So they get um, almost like a backdoor entrance into the, the other tribe through this tribe. Um, so they've gained some respect, even though they're very leery and very, you know, very cautious of outsiders. Um, they enter the camp. They get entrance into their camp. What I thought was interesting is that they mentioned, for as gory as this movie is, yeah. and all these crazy-ass scenes that happen, they mention that they're allowed to enter the camp, and the people are super leery of them, which they show them being super leery of Oh, them. yes, they are. They say that they're allowed to watch an execution by mutilation. You yeah. don't get to see it. No, you don't. They don't show it. Mm-mm. What's up with that? <laughs> all they said is you get to see an execution by mutilation, and they yeah. wonder what... Uh, what his crime must have been to have something so horrible happen to him. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's just a bunch of insinuation. But you're right, there's like another little uh, ritual that ensues after the end of the camp. Um, they're given a watch for their efforts, the Chaco and Miguel and mm-hmm. the professor, for their efforts. And so anyhow, this is the point, like right after that whole little ritual scene with the tree people, uh, the professor kind of he kind of makes a conclusion that he's just going to He's going to start acting like Adam from the Bible and getting naked and just being one. <laughs> so Monroe strips down and doesn't do Debbie. He doesn't do Debbie. Uh, but he's, he's naked in the water. Yeah, uh, and yeah. he goes out. He's like, Miguel I'm going to show them that I'm Chaka. like them. I can yeah. be naked out in the water, like just being be one with nature. Free, you know? Let's see what happens. Yeah, and this is, this is pretty funny, too, because uh, uh, there's like, what, maybe, I don't know, five, six? A gaggle. A gaggle of uh, Amazonian women, <laughs> except they weren't Amazonian women. No, these were uh, these were brothel women. <laughs> yeah, they were hired from the local brothel. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, in the film, they're supposed to be like said so from I guess from that tribe they were with the Tree People tribe, uh, but you know they were really just a local brothel <laughs> because their scenes were like where they're fondling him and shit. They 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 even like. Yeah, you know, they come boop, out and they're having his, to. His dick. They're boop. they're completely amused that he's out there. Yeah, like at first he's sort of being just like sitting back and like, what the fuck are they gonna do? And they start just like playing. He's and like, like, hey, I've been I've been in this film before. Just like playing with his dick a little bit. <laughs> and so he starts teasing him back a little bit, yeah, and does. they run off playfully. They just like giggling and shit, you know? They're having fun. Mm-hmm. And he's like, shit. Starts chasing goes them. To finish. Yeah. Well, not to finish, but, but you to know. Chase <laughs> He does stop to put his clothes back on if he's going to be running through the jungle. He's like, oh. nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's wiser than that. Uh, but yeah, the little crew, the little posse, they chase after the women. Uh, the, winter, the, the women enter this area where like, there's a body and a corpse. It's like a ghastly sight. But it, it's, it's who we eventually see as the cameraman. Because uh, it's well, it's it's early. it's parts of like three of them, I think. Yeah, it's like least. a it's like a conglomeration, and it's, and it's fashioned into like this giant hanging. It's pretty board It's awesome of looking, some though, sort. Man. Like it's really grisly, and there's there's maggots and shit. Yeah, and, uh, it's they pretty, do a good job of, yeah. of when they're using like skeletons and making it look gore. Well, I would say gory, but kind of ghastly and you know macabre. Yeah, and he's he's looking at it. 
And as he's seeing different parts of it, it's yeah. overlaying like the different members of the film crew, and he's kind of realizing, oh, well, they're for sure all dead. Like this is oh, pretty much them. Oh yeah. And you see the camera, and it's open, and the reels are gone. Yep. So he's like, well, I'm not going to get it from that, unfortunately. Nope. So, uh, so what what happens at this point is, um, I even wrote down. Uh, he makes mention that they're not allowed to bury uh, the ghastly remains. Um, I can't remember the exact reasons. I think it has something to do with, like you said, bad spirits and whatnot from the white people mm-hmm. being there. But he kind of, I think the professor kind of, he, he's fed up at this point a little bit. <laughs> well, they cut back and the group are like a hundred yards off from yeah. the main little like town center or whatever, village center. Yep. And they're sort of, he's kind of pacing back and forth and wondering what the fuck he's going to do. And he's smoking the joint. Yep. <laughs> he came up with a brilliant idea because we're about it to worked. find out. It worked. So, so for those out there that that have he doubts, he kind of he's like, I, I I have to do something. These two aren't going to understand, and kind of like a voiceover. Yeah, uh, it, but what he what he's doing? Uh, like so I, what, I said that he, <laughs> I, I wrote down that he goes for broke. He does, man. He's uh, like, I don't know if this is going to work, but, but it's it, worth it a try. Might. And he goes and he goes to the the town center, holds up his gun, pops off a few rounds, pops off a few rounds. Puts it away. Yep. They're all out there and looking at he him. He pulls a John Cusack right here. And he pulls out. He pulls out his uh, his cassette. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> pulls out his uh. There's like a little tape deck. His he's got. little tape deck where he's been taking notes on. Yeah, exactly. And starts replaying them. Their ceremony that he that he taped earlier. Exactly, and. So that whole time, what it's doing is drawing them out of their like tree forts and, and that little community they're in, uh, and they start kind of like they, they get into this he, rhythm. He, he put away his gun. Yep. And he, he can just do wanted this. their attention. Yep. And so they know that he's he's communicating with them in a, in a way that is reverberating with them, right? So they get worked up kind of in a little bit of a frenzy. Not a huge frenzy, but just a little bit of a frenzy. You know, he's working them up a little bit. And Chaka's like, God damn it, you did it. You damn genius. <laughs> you invited us to dinner. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the tribe start. they're like doing that chant too. There's a little chant that goes on, but you're right. There's a, like a, a corpse that drops out of the trees. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. So I would imagine that that was the, no, that's the wrong tribe, isn't it? Um, no, 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 that's the right tribe. Yeah. So I would imagine that that was the warrior that was executed. Yeah, uh, yeah, That yeah. they ate at that ceremony because what comes up next is they throw this big ceremony. Yep, exactly. Uh, there's, a, there's a dinner coming up, a roast. This is the first part where the guts start getting a bit more intense. Yeah, it, it definitely. Uh, the guts in this movie look really good because they use pig guts. They know what they're doing, man. They've done this before. Uh, pig is anatomically stupidly similar to human. Uh, to the point where humans called long pig. If you're going to be eating some human flesh, which happens, this is cannibal holocaust. This happens. Yeah, I mean, so come they on, have folks. some long pig. You're in it this hard. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so they're holding up like guts and stuff. Yep, it's guts. It looks yeah. like human guts. Is it, is it a shaman that's performing like mm-hmm. this little ceremony? And he's holding up the tape that while that that you know that chant was going on. And uh, he starts to eat. The I think he just the, thinks that he, it's nice that his world's easier now that he doesn't have like, to actually shit. sing this shit. He's like, <laughs> "You motherfuckers don't even understand how tired I get of doing that shit." All I gotta do is rewind and play, rewind and play. <laughs> that's it, it? Yeah, it's mad shit. Um, you know, modern conveniences. Um, but yeah, it, so the whole time he's playing that and doing this ritual, 
Uh, he starts to eat the organs that we we're just talking about, and then he offers them up to a professor. <laughs> you know, Professor Chow's down. Chaco's like, man, you gotta do it, bro. And he I does. think he, I think he, it's really neat what happens next too, because yeah. then it cuts, and this has all been kind of almost the professor relaying back what happened. Yeah, to him. on a news story. Yep. So yeah, now we see him like in a in a studio interview. And he's in a studio in an interview back yeah. out of the Amazon about all these recent scenes, especially that particular scene. Because it, it was like his documentary footage that they had been watching in studio and he's being interviewed at this point. So I like, I like how they delved right into that. That was really cool. See, one of the things I really like about this movie, as yeah. first being the progenitor of found footage, but it really it has its own little twists on it. Because so it many does. of these other ones, it's just supposed to be found footage from the beginning. Like All this through, one, exactly. it's worked in, the footage is worked in as being a part of the plot. Yeah. Not only does he have to find the footage, and yep. that's why it's found footage, but then the footage is also there for an extended reason of changing people's minds, Absolutely. not just scaring them. No, no, exactly. So there's like so there's a lot of twists on how they're how they're working this interweaving all these different. Whereas, like as brilliant as Blair Witch was, yeah, it's just they found this movie. Here's their last. Yeah. So you're yeah exactly. It only delves on one perspective. Whereas this is hitting on a lot of different perspectives, um, which is awesome because there's all kinds of different narratives that are going on at that point. Um, so yeah, while while they're having this interview, um, he's describing uh, how the, the tribe gave him back the film footage from I get you know from what what had just taken place. You know what I mean? Like he communicated with them. They did this ritual. Like they cannibalized this other tribe, and as a reward, he they rewarded him that found footage. And he's like, they thought because I was able to capture their sound that yep. I was able, able to capture their souls. Yep. And thought that that meant that I was the only one powerful enough to receive these because they didn't know what they were, but they knew how uh, important, important they were yep. to these evil spirits that brought them so much damage. Yeah, and we're about to find out why... Yeah, you know, in a long, well, I'll say long, but we're we're going to see what happens. Well, and then they're already setting it up. They the, are. Part of the theme of this movie is is against exploitation itself, yeah. even though it is an exploitation film, which is kind of brilliant. Uh, Super brilliant. And they're already like, so come back next Wednesday when we air the footage that was found entitled "The Green Inferno." Exactly. They just got it back. Nothing's been done with this film yet. It's still in the the yeah. very briefest, earliest editing stages, and they're like, "If that, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna come back in a week, and we're we're all gonna watch this." Yeah. So as like said, as, as we already know, it's the last thing that these people did. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it is interesting because, like I said, you go from him having this interview, you know, talking about how they found the footage, and then he's in like this boardroom with a bunch of executives, like a studio execs. And they're trying to figure out yeah, how they're going to distribute this to the masses, how they're going to tell this story with this found footage. And, and they're, then like, I think he, they're like, you're already so involved, you'd be the perfect host. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, the story writes itself, man. And then he winds up watching the found footage with like these two other... Well, that's He's like, yeah. look, uh, okay, like, sure, like you guys want to compliment me and tell me I'd be the perfect host, that's fine. But yeah. I want to see it first. I mean, that would only make sense, right? Yeah. I mean, he's gone like, I'm far. not just going to sign on blindly. I want to see this first. Yeah, and at this point, when they they roll the reel, this is where we start seeing like so that that mondo kind of style, um, you know, they like these executions and stuff like that. So yeah, so the the I I 
I'm not sure if she was like a producer of some sort of something. Yeah, I would imagine I just, she I just was. called her TV exec in my notes. The, she's I, she's I, an she executive of some likewise. sort. She's a producer of some sort. I think the other guy might have been like an editor or something. He had something to do with the film itself. She brings, yeah, the, the guy is the editor. Oh, the guy's the editor for sure okay. that, that's sitting there in the room. Uh, yeah, I thought so. But she brings him in. And she's like, well, here's something. Here, I'll start you off by showing you this. Here's something that they did for us last yep, year. Exactly. Um, yeah, they're, they're explaining, like, the film crews, their credits. If you watch the cut version, this is the part that you won't see. Yeah. Uh, because this is the last road to hell. This is taken from a Lost Mondo documentary. Oh, yeah. The version I watched definitely had it in it. Yep. And the deaths that you see in it are real. Exactly. They were mostly taken from Nigeria, apparently. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you can tell that. And a couple of, well, I mean, there wasn't very many scenes when they, when they were showing that, but there, within that, you could definitely tell there was, like, something going on in Africa. And I actually wrote it down in my notes, I, I, even though I was hunting for it earlier and I couldn't find it. Faye is Shonda Tomasa. Okay, nice. In the credits, if it's the shorter uncut. So Shonda? If it's the longer one. Okay, yeah. nice. If it's the longer one, then it's... Faye Daniels. Okay, awesome. Well, I'll have to look for for after we after we do this one. And it's seriously a difference of like it's like six to ten seconds. It's still pretty interesting like though, you know. But yeah, like so this this is the part where we talked about earlier. Where like I said, if you're if you're not comfortable with this, if you're squeamish, if uh, if this you know doesn't doesn't jive with you, then yeah, then you're not gonna like this. And the TV executive afterward reveals two big things. Yeah. That it was staged, that they paid the soldiers to do all that. Yeah, it's kind of like sensationalism, and like that exploitation, and that she's okay with it. Yeah, she was. The <laughs> studio, the studio knows that Alan goes out of their way that they do it. It seems that the studio is okay with it as long as the film crew isn't doing it themselves. Precisely, because yeah, I could because then it's like liability or whatever you know. But they. If these people can be bought off for a few extra, whatever the Nigerian dollar is, yeah, to to get this, then they're going to make a shit ton of money on this ratings wise and all this and that. Because well, exactly because what they're doing, like so, we were talking about earlier, is trying to paint a picture of a society that we're unfamiliar with. And the first images you get in your mind, first impressions uh, are this. All you, yeah, all all you know already is these stereo these bad stereotypes for the most part exactly especially during this era yeah and the, because that was you know that's what sold man mm-hmm. you know, was, you're right and the whole point was that people don't know anything about these people that's so what it's they easy let to off that all story. these newscasts with, yeah so. exactly it's, it's, it's easy to paint a picture for something that you have no idea about have no concept uh, so yeah you're right she talks about how they've been doing this and uh and they're okay with it. We yeah. Alan goes above sometimes, but we kind of look the other way. And uh, I think they start to show him uh, a little bit more footage. Right yeah, well, that and that's the thing. She leaves, and then they put on more footage for yeah. him. Uh, it starts up basically where that other scene left off, if I remember right. Like, the, yeah. this is the last footage we have of them. Yeah. And you see sort of a different angle of that. Yeah, you do. You get to see, like, the crew's maybe another side of their behavior. Is what well, I, I think down. during that scene, you can see Mark playing with a camera, and I think that's the angle you're getting yeah 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 you're right marks yeah it's like what is it start off like in the in the uh is it in the plane where they start off where they're showing oh the... yeah and and there's actually like the editor's notes of how he, he's getting in, in and out of scenes i, I want to back up just for a second yeah yeah, yeah. no it's okay because 
The Last Road to Hell sequence actually takes place at almost the exact halfway point in the movie. Okay. And there's a very interesting change that happens in the halfway point. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's the a big shift. Everything from here on out looks a lot more realistic than what you've just seen. I totally agree. 100% agree. And I I wish I would have made a better note so I could give the proper person credit. I'm really sorry whoever first pointed this out. But there was a, a film critic that pointed out that part of it is this movie does a really good job of tricking you into thinking that some of the stuff later on is even more realistic. Yeah, they, they do a really good job. Because the very first few things that they show you in the next 10 minutes are all real. And so it primes your brain to thinking that things are real. Yeah, the last road to hell sequence is all real. The bulk it's of a, the it's animals... It's a way of programming you for the next half hour of the film. Or next half of the film. I almost like half hour, but mm-hmm. next half of the film. The bulk of the animal sequences are oh, all yeah. in the next 10 minutes of the film. Yeah, we had we'd already seen one. It was like a precursor, and the rest is... You, you know, you know, and all of that happens within a very short time frame, and it's all real. And it primes uh, his theory was that it primes you so that everything that's not real, though, yeah, past that, you're still it, yeah, you're already sold on the idea that this this is real because of all these other series of events. That, and that were added precursors. to that is the fact that it's all point of view with a shaky cam, and the way so it's that done it is feels awesome. like you're in it, yeah. You get so that, that per- everything first-person first point of view. So if you already had a hard time with the first half of this movie, this gets worse. Oh, yeah. You're in... All right, let's put it this way. I think at this point in the film, an analogy I would say is like, if you're on a roller coaster ride and you don't like roller coaster rides, you're at the point where you're about to go on that downward slope this of the roller the coaster. <laughs> you're at the tip. Uh, you're at the top now. This you're... is the tip. You can't and get off. this whole next section <laughs> just primes you for it just getting worse and worse. Yeah, there. I think this is Yeah, this is where like all the, the guts and bolts of, of the film happen. But I thought that was... I wish I would really wish I would have written his name down because I thought that was a really neat thing to point out how this movie really does just sort of real, 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 real. And now here's something that's... A Damn oh, yeah. near real, but it's not real. Exactly. But your brain's like, no, no, that's real now. Yeah. That's real. I just saw a bunch of real. <laughs> yeah, this this can be not real <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so like I said, what, what we're getting to see now, because after that studio exec lady left, uh, the editor and like said, uh, the professor are starting to watch the rest of the, like, the, the found footage. They're, they're seeing, I guess, Mark going in and out of focus and trying to get the camera angles right and the lighting right. Yeah, I think he's filming uh, Faye. And uh, anyhow, then it goes to the, like them in the cabin uh, where it's kind of like they're, the... they're basically kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of fucking around with each other. You know what I mean? Like one, getting she's ready get... to go out. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that you, this is a little bit of extra footage depending on what they catch later on. Yeah, this so... will be edited in or not. They can yeah. lose this if they need to, there's but some, it's a good thing so to here's, start it here's out some with. More, here's some more nudity scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's coming out of the shower. I think um, one of the guys, I can't remember his name right off the top, might have been Mark. Um, I think he's got his towel on, he's drying off, and they kind of like, you know, one's taking his towel off, he's taking her towel off, they're all joking, blah, 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 having uh, gags. And I mean, and there's going to be a certain amount of joking around, especially when you're in that environment and well, stuff. Of course. But I thought, this, I thought this scene did an excellent job of showing that these guys are all a little bit more pervier and creepier than... 
They're a little bit more average. open. Yeah, they're a little bit more well, open. Well, they're not necessarily they, even more open. I don't but mean they're... like liberally. I mean like with with how they uh, how they treat mm-hmm. the you know that little circle they're in. It's yeah, it's a little bit more forceful. And I'd, I'd say that this is a scene that you could try to be like, oh, Alan's acting is stiff. Yeah, exactly. But, but no. I don't necessarily agree. No, I no, think no, no, no. I think he's just had a hard time with this because this is the part that he knows is just for the documentary. He doesn't give a shit about the documentary. No. He's doing the documentary because it gives him a chance to go do fucked up stuff. Yes. And so uh, one aspect, he has to keep a certain professionalism as he's filming the documentary. But then the parts where he's having to do, like I said, you get to see his real side. So yeah, there, he's playing two different uh, aspects of what's going on in this film footage. Uh, but no, he does a good job, man. Then it pops back out of it for for like two or three minutes before it gets yeah. into to really heavy. And so yeah, what the, what the professor is doing, he's starting to meet like family members and associates. Um, he's yeah. tangentially signed on to this project, yep. and they do have a very short timeline. So he's getting other segments that they're going to do in conjunction to make this a complete documentary. Yeah, and he's basically just trying to get character testimonials from people who were involved in the camera crew's lives. Precisely. And you know it's like uh, certain, like so, it, it could have been one of the guy's parents. I think one of the, he meets up with one of the guy's parents. He talks about his son, and then they they go and meet like a I think it's a nun or some shit. Mm-hmm. And she talks about I think she talks about Faye and yeah, like, it's like she had Faye's a, sister or something. I would imagine. I think, yeah, I think so. And she mentions like the, oh that's not her real name, mm-hmm. you know, etc. And I think they're like so, like I said they just they're basically I think even they catch up with one of the guy's uh, wives. Like she's like, I only know him for like a couple of weeks, and she's he was like, off. we've been married two years. I've seen him four months. Yeah, exactly. Like we barely know each other. But you're right. So he's, they're in and out. Is basically what they are because they're a film crew. They're if in and, and out all the time. A lot of the people kind of regard them as dickwads and basically not good people. No, because they don't. Yeah, exactly. They don't really the speak highly of them at all. That they're like, mm, they're not really uh, good people. No, it's maybe it's better that they're off somewhere else. Like, really, <laughs> exactly. I think here too. This like. Right after they have that meeting, it goes right back to the professor and, um, the, like, so the editor. Yeah, they're, they're back in the editing studio And they're, studio they're explaining how they're going to piece together the found footage at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, he's like, look, two of the reels were damaged beyond repair. Yep. But, you know, we have this. We had to do this and this. And uh, this, like, this next scene, this is one of the big ones. So it's a river turtle of some sort? Yeah. Because I don't think they went and grabbed a sea turtle. No, it's not a sea turtle. No, that's too big for a sea turtle to be coming in the Amazon. It's some kind of, yeah, it's a large turtle of sorts, like some, some kind of river turtle. But yeah, it's it's basically, it's gnarly, man. I mean, I, honestly, I skipped through the part. I was like, I know what this is. I know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm going to skip through it. Uh, the, the guys capture the turtle, haul it up on land, yep. decapitate it. Yeah. Now, the big problem with this is, like, they do eat it and stuff, and, like, the extra meat was given to the locals. Yeah, they gave it to the tribe. Like, I grew up a hunter. I'm a hunter. What they did to it was essentially is they field-dressed it. Yeah. The problem is that it wasn't just, like, field-dressing it. Like, there was... There wasn't very much respect shown for the animal nah. in that scene, and they were kind you know, of playing with the guts and playing up the sensationalism of it, and, and that's really, really the hardest part of it all. Exactly. Is that there's not... Not much respect shown for the animal in the scene, unfortunately. No, like I said, exactly. It's not. It's not a hunt, a kill. You know, like a precise kill. And then you know, like I said, it's a little bit beyond. And uh, this is one of the scenes too, where like um, we were talking about one of the actors 
uh, who plays like the film, one of the film guys, a blonde haired guy. Uh, I read in one of like the, the little trivia notes, like he actually cried after doing that scene. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the well, scenes. From that what I understand, is also every time you see an actor throw up, it's real. Yeah, I can imagine so. <laughs> and I know Faye goes off to the side and throws up. Yeah, I could, like I said, I can imagine there's some gnarly scenes in this film. Uh, but you know, this is even like I said a lot of the stuff. I mean, you know, 2020 is always you know. Like I said, it's 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 a it's a gnarly scene, man. So that's what they're doing is they're like I said they're they're basically killing that turtle and they're showing it and they do it and they eat it. Like I said, and um, the thing I mean the thing to really gnarly. take away from the scene if you're gonna watch it is the times when it pans up yeah. to the actors because the actors are still doing their job and they're oh, sort yeah. of showing the the way that they all change a little bit when these different types of sensationalism and exploitation you know, and happen. It makes me wonder too, like the, the series of events of how this film was actually filmed, you know, mm-hmm. like how, how they did these scenes. Did they do it before or after the fact? You know, like, yeah. depends. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so yeah, right after they have, like I said, their turtle scene, uh, I think it, it goes back to the crew. Uh, they're getting, uh, I guess they're like, they're setting up a little camp and they have Felipe with them and, um, I think um, he winds up getting bit by a snake, doesn't he? Well, before he? that, uh, Faye gets the spider on her, a giant-ass tarantula. Yeah, and, she does. Uh, she this starts is a freak. scene, depending on people's views of spiders, uh, the right. scene is it also cited as, as an animal cruelty scene. Yeah, I mean, the, like I said, your point of view. I mean, tarantulas, they're not really dangerous, you know, unless you provoke them like any other animal. Mm-hmm. Or insect creature. There's a giant one on her shoulder, and, and she's Felipe, freaking the yeah. fuck out. And they just want to get a footage of her freaking out. <laughs> That's the thing. Felipe's freaking out. Like, get it off her as soon as possible. But no, the film crew is like, and no, they, they want to film it and make sure to get a little bit of footage first yeah. before they get it off, and then they, and they show chop it, it up. cut in half. Yeah. Alan goes to console her, and as he does, he looks and like smiling towards the camera. Of course. So yeah, like I said, you get to see the shift in the film crew and how. Like I said, that's the first half, they, they look, you know, like they're playful, they can cut jokes, and now they're like, mm, maybe they're a little bit more sinister than we think. Then in the camp. Yeah, and then they set that little camp up. Um, Felipe gets bit by a fucking snake on his feet, if I'm not mistaken, and like in his boot is where it yeah. came out of. They chop, it's another scene, <laughs> they chop up the snake. Um, so this one, I, this one's arguable. Do you think it was an overreaction? Do you think that they planted the snake, knowing the shit oh, that these yeah. guys are up to? Oh, yeah. Felipe, you can't hear him screaming in the background, cut it. Yeah. They first show him somebody cutting into his foot like they were just trying to bleed it, like they tried to bleed the guy's arm earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's only after, like, two seconds or so, they they instead throw him down on the ground. <laughs> yep, guess what happens? Tourniquet him. And chop off his They gotta leg, chop off his shit, yeah. And then really sloppily cauterize the end while yeah. they take turns kind of looking at the camera kind of reveling like, in the oh fact that gosh. this is going on like, yeah it, it is weird because like i said there's all these weird like juxtapositions they find themselves in like oh shit now our field guide's fucked up um but that's the thing like now they have now but, they don't have a fucking guy but now it's really raw for them i mean i would imagine like from the guy's point of view and a little bit from you know phase like I said, now we can really get into the the gorilla documentary style, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, man, he winds up dying though. Felipe dies. So this is how we find out what happened to Felipe yep. when they bumped into him earlier. Is uh, yeah, that snake fucked him up. They they did a shitty job <laughs> slaughterizing his wound and amputating him, and they just kind of like put leaves around him and just let him, you know, let him be. 
they they go on. There's some bullshit in between yeah, scenes. Yeah, of course. There's there a hard decision to go on. Then there's a scene of them trying to get pace peeing and shitting in the woods. Yeah. And then there's them crossing kinda, fucking. Yeah, river. they're kind of goofing off. Like they're goofing off. They and, spot a, an alligator and are fucking idiots for. So these guys have been out in the bush. Like, oh yeah. They're dickwads, but like they don't completely not know what they're doing. Exactly. And I feel like they're being awfully cavalier with the fact that there's a caiman in the water with them. Yeah, I'm not fucking around if there's crocs, alligators, caimans, you name it. No. Nope. (laughs) No, thank you. I've seen what they can do. We all have. Yeah, and like I said, they're being very cavalier, very ginger about what's going on. And then I guess like an anaconda kind of creeps out as well. Like, oh, hey, guess what? Guest appearance by an anaconda. So they're like, oh, they're just the anaconda just in time to say, you know, kind of like save us from this alligator, the caiman. And uh, then they they walk up shit. on a group of of Yakumo. They do, and, and uh, here, like we said, another, this kind of goes scene. back to back to back. Yeah, uh, here's monkey scene, and this from one's what interesting. I read, yeah, I read a story about this because they weren't going to kill monkeys. No, you're right. They didn't want to, but the tribe considered it a delicacy. The tribe convinced the film crew to use real monkeys. Because monkey brain is actually a delicacy for that tribe. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, no, not our cousins. At, to get the shot right, they ended <sighs> up having to actually use two monkeys. Yep. So you only see one killed on film to yeah. two happened. I'm like, oh, fuck me, man. But, you know, you're right. Like, And it does. It's setting the tone for the rest of this movie at this point. So, yeah, they sneak up on that tribe. They, watch, they film this, watch yep. it, wait for it all to happen. Uh, they... Eat some monkey brains. Yeah, and then this is where we see um, the tribe man that got shot from earlier. This is where they pull out the rifle and they like the film crew starts to open fire. Yeah, they they shoot him. He's like, "Look, there's no way that we were going to be able to keep up with them." No, because once the they scatter, how do you keep up with where they're going? Yeah, he says the he'll lead us right back. He'll basically, lead us right back. And so they go. Oh my god! Yeah. So what they're doing is they're showing that they're very well, it's cruel funny. and hostile, man. What I thought was funny was. After that happened, it cuts back to, like, in the editing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the TV executive, like, asks uh, Monroe something like, so what do you think of it so far, or something like that. And he's like, uh, uh, I think that's not the best way of establishing peace with the Akuno people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because you're right, because his whole, his whole intention was keeping uh, a sense of, of dignity and honor, you know, and, and making sure that he's following certain, you know, customs with them. Not that he knows all of them, but he's trying to keep a sense of dignity. Well, and you can watch how his journey oh, mirrored theirs. No doubt. Because they did the same thing, but they didn't hit him. No. Whereas these guys are trying to completely avoid the warriors and stuff and just stumble in and do whatever the, they want to do. Yeah. Monroe is trying to be respectful and instead intentionally followed him as far as he could, met yep. the warriors... And showed them they had peaceful intentions. Exactly. Yeah, not so much with these guys. No. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... <laughs> well, and then Jesus. the film editor, he's like, oh, you think this is bad? Like, it, it gets worse. Like, I've seen this. <laughs> like, you guys haven't yet. Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to figure out how you want to edit this together. <laughs> yeah, like, you guys just gave me this shit. Like, I'm getting, I'm getting fucking paid. Like, you guys are the ones making actual decisions on this shit. I can't tell you that. Like, exactly. I'm man. just here to put, like, some music in the background and... Make sure that like the, the you don't see the cigarette burns and shit. Yeah, like. you know, which is a good reference. Uh, we'll get to that later on. But uh, 
Yeah, so so what yeah, so while they're having that discussion, um it goes back into the film crew. Um I guess they get back up on that camp. They wind up going into the camp. Yeah, it, you're back in the Akuma village yep. and you recognize it for yeah, the you most certainly part do. from before. Uh except but they're super, a little bit different. Yeah, they're they're much different. Uh, a lot more people uh I noticed in that camp. I noticed a attitudes more buildings. Are, yeah. Most definitely. Um, and unfortunately, at least one more animal. We'll get to that in a second. It, exactly. So yeah, they're oh my gosh, yeah. So they're like I said, they're they're showing kind of like this this hostility towards this tribe, and they're just treating them like it's weird, man. Like they're just toys or not even re- like they're subhuman at this point. Well, they're not even trying to communicate with them. No. At, at first, they're they're not doing too much when they first come in. Mm-hmm. They're they're just sort of shoving the camera in their face and like looking all around. But then they kind of just sort of going off the deep end. And this is uh, where you sort of see Alan really sort of start to flip. Yeah, you get to see his true, like almost his true intentions, maybe his true side, you know? Uh, And I think, well, he seems to break from a monologue that he was about to give. And from what I read is that that break wasn't intentional. No, exactly. You know, right. Um, He was was supposed to be, like I said, giving a monologue. And he breaks because he hears a shot. In the background, and it's maybe even a, a noise that we're familiar with. Because one of the other camera guys shoots a pig that was staked out. Yeah, so... And you see it get shot at point oh, yeah. blank range with a shotgun. It, it's staked up, and, uh, like, so there's one of the tribesmen, or, like, I'm not sure. I think it is a tribesman that's... Kind maybe, of tending it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, supposedly it was supposed to be used as a meal for the tribe. I mean, that was its meal, and they sit there shooting it as... Just for shits and giggles. And Alan's just like, this is how it is in the jungle. Kill or be killed. And like... Yeah, dog eat dog and all that shit. You're right, man. It's it's just, you know, they're, they're saying that they're they're so savage. This is the way they do it. So it's fair game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's their way of saying it's fair game. Uh, and up. I feel like the break in his monologue adds more to the character, though. Because I feel like it adds more like he's, he's not able to hold it together. Because like... This is kind of what he digs doing, yeah, as is con- shown continually like, through this movie. Like getting those little wild hairs on the back of his neck, standing up, like he's hearing all this stuff. He's like, you know what? I want a break from trying to do like even this though it was film. a break for the completely opposite reason. Oh, exactly, but it was a uh, an interesting, unintentional twist to how his his character broke, like you said. Um, and they start tormenting the tribe with like the, like the rifles. You know, they're going after him. They even got like um. Well, this is when they stage a massacre, and they're like, the massacre of the Akuma tribe by the Anamono people, and they start herding them into a hut and setting fire to the hut. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a couple of them come out, but they're trying to corral them, keep them in there, burn them alive. Exactly. They're trying to paint this picture like they they did earlier, apparently. And you see the point of view, which would be showing them just in the hut, not showing these... Obviously, like, them pushing them in there would be cut yeah. out of the final cut. Which is interesting because you can edit that out because they're editing the film at the same time, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, you got you get this, this interesting, um, this, this painted, this, this picture they're painting, and it's fucked up painting. Um, but the, the cool thing, I've, uh, you know, even though this is a whole fucked up scene... The cool thing was, I put that the soundtrack on at this point was on point. <laughs> I was like, man, the soundtrack is on point for this, Dude, man. Yeah, no, this, I mean, that can really be said throughout most of this movie, to be honest. It's, I mean, that's that's the way I had it written down. But, but yeah, like I said, you have this surreal moment going on where they're tormenting this tribe. 
they're supposed to be there for all these different purposes, but they're just having fun with them. And and like I said, I guess in, in their point of view is, hey, we can edit this out later and make it look like a tribal war. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. The, the shit that the execs are used to getting from Alan. Like they yeah. said, last road We're to hell. We're comfortable with this. Basically the same thing happened. Yep, exactly. Um, and so right after this There's little... There's a point that they're not comfortable with. Uh, but yeah, it, it eventually it eventually comes up. Um, right after like so this, this scene where they're burning up tribes people and tormenting them and killing their food, um, this is when uh, Alan and uh, Faye, they kind of get really, really frisky. Down so the business, I, uh, frisky. When you first see Phaedra sitting there, she just you, yeah, you kind of don't s- realize no. where she's sitting. Yep. The camera zooms back at a point, you realize where she's actually at. But you see her just sitting there. Alan comes up, sort of starts very immediately, starting getting very frisky. You know, you could almost say at this point, it's like, and you just sort primal. of watch it organically play out. Like yeah. he's really going for it. Yeah, he he is. He's like, we're gonna show these tribes people how we do it. She's not against it. No, she's not. She's not, not as all. into it as him. No, but she's not. But she's um, not against it. And the more, the further it gets, the more she gets into it. But it's not. He's really going for it. You know, and I, I put this way too. I think um, watching that that scene because the tribe that are still remaining are like sitting all in like a you know in their own little section of that community mm-hmm. while they're doing that, and they're kind of almost forcefully making them watch that. And it's like, maybe that has something to do with earlier from that adulterous ritual. Like, this is leading into why they do these things. Well, and not just that. When the camera zooms back, you see that they're doing it. Yeah. And the ashes is the hut that they just burned down. Yeah, it's fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> and the entire tribe's just having to sit there and watch. Yeah. Now, as so they're desecrating. Extra, yeah. As an extra note to this scene. Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, before this scene happened, uh, what's her, Francesca? Yeah. Faye suggested now they go off to Clark, yeah, Alan, that to relieve the tension that they go off somewhere, yep, and actually have sex to make it more real, to relieve the tension and make it more real so that they're comfortable with doing it later. Yeah, exactly. He apparently freaked out, said that he had a girlfriend, girlfriend yep. in New York, and he's not going to do that. Now, supposedly, way later on, and I'm not sure if there's been an, uh, another follow-up to the story since, but in 2009, right. she came out and said that they were lovers behind the scenes the entire time on the set. Yeah, and so those scenes, they actually played out. Mm-hmm. It's what, what she confirms. So, But we don't know the other Who half. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, she, it, she dug them. Let's put it that way. I mm-hmm. mean, in real life, she dug them, and there's, you know... But they have sex in the ashes of that hut. Yeah, they burned it down, have sex in the ashes while they're making the tribe people watch. Um, it's fucked up. So we're about to be in the park, but before we completely move away from the sex scene, yeah. there's one other thing I want to point out. Partially because it's it's kind of still within Alan's fucked up character. Oh, yeah. He was the one more into it. Um, but also just because, I don't know, making fun of him is kind of funny, especially because he's a dickwad. Yeah. Alan, once he's in her, there's no thrusting. And no. he's done in about 10 seconds. He's kind of like... Because he's way more getting off on the fact that not on her, no. but on the fact that he's screwing her in the ashes of yeah, the hut. Exactly. She's just kind of a... She's just there. Yeah. For his fucked up hedonistic purposes. 
I mean, he does still he does have a bit of a connection with her. Well, and yeah. I, I'm not positive if it was but just like solely. any female, if he would have just went for mm-hmm. it. That's a good point. Uh, maybe not as much as the other guys would. Yeah, they're point. they're a little bit more overtly uh, forward and perverted. Oh yeah. As compared to him, he's more just a little bit more fucked up in general than them. I'd say. Yeah, I think he has. Like I said, he has other intentions, but when mm-hmm. he plays them out, you know. But then we pop back to New York. Yep. Uh, and Monroe's sitting in the park with the exec, and, and they're they're sort of talking about it all. And, and when what he's explaining it to her essentially is um, he's he's trying to explain why tribes keep certain uh, their primitivism intact, like why they do that, you know. So you have to understand there's a certain aspect of like rituals and you know just just the way they conduct themselves within their own communities mm-hmm. that you just can't go in and start forcing your will upon them and you know expect uh, you know positive results yeah. it doesn't work that way they're going to hold what they know intact and they're going to push back well and she sort of starts back. off like just showing off her ignorance she's like oh i didn't expect so much authenticity yeah and he's just like hold up what yeah. authenticity like do, do you see what's going on here like yeah this exploitation how they're riling them up yeah like i said you you can't expect to throw you know, rocks at a bee's nest and not expect to get stung. Yeah. And he really, he breaks it down for really well. And I think that even up by the end of the scene, she kind of shows like she might be. He's an anthropologist for a reason. Yeah. And it kind of seems like she might be starting to change her mind on things by the end of the scene, honestly, to me. Yeah. You know, what I like too, because he, he, he proposes the idea of, you know, consider how they, when I say they, he means like the primitives, the tribes, Mm -hmm. how they view the film crew that came in as savages. So to them, they're the savages, not the other way around. And she's like, oh, and she kind of laughs it off as being quaint. And he's like, no, think like, what if they showed up to your place? Yep. Took what little food that you had. In your fridge, yeah. They desecrated everything that you liked in your fucking place. Then they opened up your fridge and the little bit of food that you had there, you just, they just grabbed and threw down the toilet. Like, how would you react? Yeah, exactly. So, you and know, she sort of starts to get it. She's Yeah, and, and the way he had to do it is he had to play the, the role reversal. Like, you know, put yourself in their shoes and then you answer the question, you know, how would you respond in their situation? You know, so he does. He, play, he, he paints a perfect picture for her. And she's like, yeah, she's starting to kind of grips. Uh, cues back to, to, to the found footage of uh, the, like this dying tribeswoman right after their conversation. So there's like this ritual cleansing that they're about to perform. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how they're explaining. And she, she does still try to, try to appeal that they're just sort of appealing to the masses. You yeah. know, that the more you rape their senses, the happier they are and stuff. And kind of decrying exploitation as a whole, really. But, yeah. Which is kind of funny because this is an exploitation movie. Well, yeah. It's not a Mondo film, but yeah, yeah. it's an exploitation movie. Absolutely is. Which there's nothing wrong with an exploitation flick. No, I like exploitation flicks. No, I mean, it, it, it depends on how how people want to perceive it. You know, I think if you can take it and just, which for most you know, intents and purposes, that's what they are. They're, it's kind of like take, giving you a jab on the chin in society. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, we're going to do a little bit of satirization of, of a real situation but give it to you raw. And extremely over the top. Well, of course. Usually either as gory or as sexualized as possible. Absolutely. You know, get the point Just across. To, to the point where it's absurd. Well, yeah. Why not, man? And if you're still taking it too seriously, then you're missing the point. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. Um, yeah, and this, like I said, this is where it starts to get pretty gnarly with within the tribe. So 
um, Lisa, after the professor, Lisa, has that conversation, you see, um, Lisa, this, this woman dying. She's, like, taking her last gasps. And the crew is explaining, you know, what's going on. Uh, then these women start to pop out, these other tribe of women. Well, well <laughs> this is fucked it's up. It's fucked up because... <laughs> At first, it kind of seems like they're just having like a normal fill in the gap scene, and then they yeah. pan over and you see the woman there, and they're trying to present her as being an old woman who wandered off to die. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when the camera comes in close, it's obviously that she was a burn victim from one of the huts. Yeah, exactly. And not old. No, no. So they're trying to paint a different narrative of what that scene's encapsulating, and yeah, so not what happening and, <laughs> not, that's not and what's they can't finish and alan grabs the mic from her and steps in yep almost gleefully finishing the narrative like this is an old woman it's this and this and this and and points out the fact oh, and, oh we're about to witness the ceremony the the week <laughs> from the the diseased and the week from the tribe must be called or something like that basically like, yeah they can't have that a, a diseased tribe member infecting the rest of the tribe uh, but that's that's that was that's that's what happening. That ain't what happening. No, uh, <laughs> this one's like, uh oh, whoops, we forgot to tell him this one too. This uh, I wrote down. This is abortion scene. Yeah, <laughs> uh, forced abortion. Yeah, they they force the feast out of the woman. Um, they do away with so. It. This one is the the least clear that the film crew's making it happen. Yeah, because what but the they're film saying... crew's making it happen. If you watch yeah. in the beginning, they're the ones forcing them into the place, and a couple of them turn around and try to fight them about it. Yeah. Every time the camera comes close, the women aren't concentrating on what they're doing. They're concentrating on, on yelling at the camera and expressing their displeasure. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that, man. It's, it's like I said, they're trying to paint a certain narrative, and... What they're saying and what's playing out are two different things. But in this case, the yeah. camera's in so close to what's happening that it's it's kind of mixed up in the jumble. And it's it kind of hard to... it. This scene, I would say, it's hard to tell that the film crew is yeah, actually it, involved. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Because, like I said, it's, it's kind of shown in a first-person point of view, the way it's panning into those scenes. Um, but yeah, once, once, like I said, you see this abortion scene, uh, then this woman starts to get clubbed to death. <laughs> By the rest of the women in that tribe. Well, yeah, this well, this pregnant woman's uh, sort of hung up. She is. She's strung up. To she's like, strung uh, up. They they forcefully rip the fetus from her. Yep. And they say that it's like, uh, I mean, uh, it's obviously a setup too because Alan's just like the diseased can't be, but they don't say anything about why they would None be suddenly doing this when she's already it, this far along in her no pregnancy. Sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. And then it. Well, the other fucked up thing is you see you see it get flung into a hole, yeah, formed in the mud, like right on the very very edge of the river bank, and then mud thrown on top of it and it stomped on. <laughs> it's like damn, man. Um, which you know, I, and then they execute her by bashing her head in with clubs. It makes me wonder now because you know, like so this this movie, like I said it has it has a lot of you know it. It gives a lot of influences to other directors. That scene makes me wonder about, uh, which I'd like to do later on, but uh, Imprint, we talked about Takashi oh. Miike, because you know, if you haven't seen it, there's there's a lot of similarities in that scene. But mm-hmm. anywho, um, yeah, that that scene's pretty gnarly, man, because it's sprung up on you. I mean, like, it sprung up on me watching it, because I totally forgot about that yeah, scene. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, oh, I shit. Was like, oh, <laughs> that, right. that happened. Yeah, forgot about that. 
And yeah, uh, I even wrote down that they're they're talking about the tribes being lost in time. Like they've been they they've been set back on their times like two three thousand years, and they're just trapped in this primitive, you know, where they didn't evolve past you know this Whatever. primitive state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they're doing this. Then it cuts back to the studio. Yeah, Professor showing his disdain. He doesn't like any of this shit at all. Yeah, they're trying to finalize plans, and he's like, "No, you guys don't get it. I'm not going to be involved with this." Like, yeah, like what you guys haven't the... watched the rest of the footage yet. Yeah, I stayed around and did. They're already ready to give the green light, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Just come and watch the rest of it, and I assure you that you're all going to want to just not have anything to do with this one bit." Yeah, and so what he does at this point, like I said, he's ex- he's explaining his uh, his reason why he doesn't want this. To be, you know, shown to the masses. Um, and then accused back, you know, he shows them. He shows them why. Uh, he sits them down. They are in, like, a little film room. And, and he's pointing out, like, it's it's dishonest. Like, yeah. nothing in it is real. No. If you show this, yeah, he's like, yeah, come on. How can, how can you show this? There's no way. So as he's showing this film, accused back to the film crew, they captured one of the tribe women. Well, yeah. first they're like, there's nobody around, whatever. And yeah. then they, they stumble upon uh, a Yanomono woman. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this is where they start to uh, have their way with her, the, the guys. Uh, it's typically, I think the film, uh, are like the two camera guys at this point, they're having their way with her. You know, she's being pinned down and, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Alan wants to get in on the action. And uh, this is where... Uh, so I've noticed people point yeah. to... Faye kind of isn't having it. No, she's she doesn't like this for the most all. part, and uh, kind of like how she wasn't able to finish in the scene before. Yeah, a lot of people point to Faye being like uh, a more, a quite a bit more innocent member of the crew who's who's being pushed along more than anything. Yeah. However, I would like to point out, I don't believe that to be true at all. I don't. And either. I think this film, in the beginning, when she's decrying it, it's because they're wasting film. And they're not going to be able to use this. She makes that a point very clearly. They're yeah. like, we can't use this. We're not making a porno. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's saying that. She's like... And when she starts to get physically involved, yep. it's only when her Alan, boyfriend yep. gets involved. Yeah, exactly. So she doesn't mind all this other shit that's been going on. The burning down, shooting of these you know tribes people, capturing, making them do all this shit. Yeah, so like, you're right. And it, it only hits home with her unless she's directly involved with the circumstances but yeah as they're raping this woman this poor woman um they eventually play it out where they all have sex with her and then accused back to what we talked about earlier uh way back earlier about the impaling well the impaling's really neat i do yeah. want to point out that during that scene you do see sort of a warrior observing them in the background. You're right, you're right, yeah, it's absolutely It's actually right. really fucking creepy. We did talk about that, because it is gnarly. As, as Like I said, as that's playing out, there is one of the tribesmen just peeking his head barely out. And I have a theory. Okay. But we'll get to that once, we, once we wrap around here okay. in just a second, because we're about to get to the impalement. Yes. The next scene is them walking up on the raped lady. Yes. Impaled. Groin through out the mouth on a sharpened yeah. stick on the beach. It's one of those, like I said, if you're familiar with this film, it's one of those those scenes that it's basically. This is what it's this, most famous for, really. Yeah, yeah, this precisely. Right I think here. it is, one hundred percent. And this is the one he had to show in court. Yeah. Would you like to know how to look impaled? Because I can tell you exactly how to look um, impaled. Yeah, and it's pretty gnarly. I liked it. Uh, the way that this was done was there was 
like a metal stand made that was wrapped in bamboo mm-hmm. that had a bicycle seat exactly. on top that she sat on. Mm-hmm. And then there was a carved piece of balsa wood that she was able to mouth. bite, put in her mouth and bite in on and just look straight up and keep really still. Yeah. Fake blood added. You look impaled. You know, and and the the cool thing too about it, he says when um when the the lady who played that scene, he said she was eerily he's, he's like she was eerily calm the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he says so it, she made it look r- even more real for the fact that she didn't even flinch. I mean, it's just like when you see it, it's like holy shit because it looks so gnarly. Yeah, and it's gnarly. Al, <laughs> the camera's in Alan's face, and he's trying yeah. to be like this is. Just terribly. She, he's like, this is so unexpected. Like, yeah. How how can we come across such? It's, it, but he explains it off as like another form of a ritual because they they hold virginity so sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Faye's just giving him dirty looks the entire time. Oh yeah. Like okay, like you know you fucking did it, and he's just trying to play it off he's like how, this is so unexpected and surprising. Like, oh my gosh. How could we know this had, this had happened? <laughs> That they would do such terrible things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had plans to do the impaling at one point. Yeah? My, one of the years I was down at college, me and my roommate, well, my roommate signed us up to hand out ho- candy on Halloween. And I wanted to do the impaling then, because this was actually the year that I had found this movie and found out how to do it. Okay. But we didn't have enough time to set it up by any means. So instead, me and him actually did work out something neat. We had, like... uh like baby doll parts with like uh, fake blood all over them, like hanging in front of our door, and a little skit that would play out with the neighbors across the hall when cool. the when the kids would come knocking and shit. And I'm like, this is what you get for fucking signing us up to hand out candy, <laughs> motherfuckers. Like, exactly. Yeah. Kids loved it. Parents hated it. Parents hated it to the point where we did start planning on doing the impaling the next year. Right. The next year, I didn't actually end up going back to school. However, he became an RA that year. Oh, damn. Now, a follow-up to the story is he found out that because of that, being an RA, when they were being told the rules, there was a new rule in place that people couldn't put on skits and have that kind of (laughs) intricate accoutrements put up. Thanks to us and parents' complaints. Oh, wow, man. (laughs) Go figure, right? So we wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. But That's, That's fucked up. That's cool, though, man. And so he was able to pass that that knowledge along behind the scenes that we actually there was a rule change because of us because you guys installed it. And I can't believe what out. it would have been like had we gotten the impalement. Man, I know, right? You know, telling people would have been freaking out over nothing, man. Yeah, just like they did in this film. Um, <laughs> I do have. Uh, I had a couple friends that were also like teachers' aides and stuff at the time. Yeah. And apparently we were the talk of the playground the next day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Kids loved it. Hey, Parents that's all that matters. Hated it. Hated it. They'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, but you know, like, so that, uh, yeah, just get back to that that whole point. Like, so there were, like, so they're playing, they're playing this whole rape. <laughs> you know, scene, like, no big deal. Um, I think that this is when they eventually stumble pack back upon the tribe like hiding in the jungle itself right well i mean we can assume the tribe's been kind of tracking them because oh, of that warrior yeah no doubt now about here it. here's my theory the tribe does hold virginity sacred oh yeah they weren't the ones that did the impaling obviously no, it was not. the film crew but that's why the warrior was executed 
by mutilation mm -hmm. because he didn't step in to stop him. Exactly. He let it happen. I think that's why later on, when Monroe comes down and he gets to watch this warrior get executed by mutilation, yep. I think it's that same warrior that's a good that point. was watching them yeah. rape that girl. That's a, that's a really good theory. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very plausible one. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't be. That's a great point, man. Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, this... that's my personal theory. There's nothing to actually back it up, and I don't. But think no, you, get you know, to if, see if you get to watch it a couple times, man, and it, you know, I think it holds good water, man. If you ask me, you know, who, who am I to judge? But uh, <laughs> but anywho, yeah, you're right. Um, but they get surrounded. Shit's yeah, really bad quick, for man. Them. Uh, I think this is where they kind of split up a little bit. Uh, I think it's, it's Jack, the one standing on like the big log, one yeah. of the, the blonde hair guy. The blonde hair guy. He's still guy. filming the shit while the tribe's kind of like hiding, and then they're certain. And he's chucking getting spears. off a couple shots. Too, yeah, he's got he, his rifle. He has one of the shotguns, I think. Yeah, um, but you're right. They start to uh, fire the or the crew. There's they're starting to open fire on the tribe that is you know approaching on them, and um, that's when uh, Jack got speared. Man, Jack got speared. Jack gets speared. Yeah, and it's pretty gnarly. And Alan's like. I gotta fucking do this. We got. He's like, we can't. No, she's freaking out. Alan's yep. like, no, like he's done for. Like this is a mercy at this point. Like, yeah, exactly. So they they're still surprisingly filming. human for him, especially yeah. because his immediate response after the scene, <laughs> they kind of get away to a point. Yeah, they do. And the tribe co he he kills. He does get the mercy shot in. Mm-hmm. And the tribe surrounds Jack and tears off his body. Oh, yes, they do. Now, it was very humanitarian-ish of him at that point to put him out of his, his misery. Yeah, considering uh, his odds. Yeah. Of course, then his next instinct is to make sure to go get the shots on the tribe, bludgeoning the body apart. It. This is a gnarly scene, too, because they do. They uh, the, the tribe that, you know, like I said, encroaches on them, uh, they start to bludgeon like Sir Guy Jack. They cut his dick off. Right. Uh, made note of that. Uh, then, yeah, they start to cannibalize him. Then they're just like, the whole time they're just beating his corpse until the guts and organs are exposed. And uh, they're Some just. The, like, yeah. Yeah, they're just eating, eating they bludgeon, whatever they can well, get a hold they of. They essentially bludgeon it apart. Some of them, it oh, seems like, have axes, but the axes aren't the sharpest. No, no. They're, they're definitely blunt object, <laughs> you know? But the whole point is, is they're just being brutal. Like, it's a brutal desiccation of a body. But then they're discovered. They're freaking out again. They're surrounded oh, again, yeah. basically. They're trying to get out of there, but Faye gets captured. Yeah, she gets snatched up. Uh, I think he, wasn't he, like, shooting off, like, um, like these flare rounds or whatever? Oh, yeah, that was kind of neat, trying to, like, he's like, I don't know if this will work, but this is what we got now. Like, Yeah. He pops off a queue of them, like, two or three, but, yeah, she gets snatched up. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, they're, they're freaking out, whatever, but they still continue to film. Well, it was kind of interesting because Alan does try to just head off after her immediately yeah, to try to save her. Yeah, he's freaking out, Alan And is. Mark tackles him to the ground and holds him to the ground. And the last thing you hear of a discussion between it is Alan saying we have to save her, basically, and freaking out about it. Yep. And then it immediately cuts to them not saying a word about it, not yeah. saying how what was decided or anything, just them watching, getting more footage of her off in the distance. You know, that's what I really like. So they just continue to film on. But yeah, there's like a... Something happened, and yeah. you don't know what. 
No, there, there is a film edit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But what what's happening with Faye at this point, like I said, she's everything's getting stripped off. All of her clothes are getting stripped off. Uh, she starts to get raped. Um, and they're holding her down while that's happening. And uh, there's a few of them that I think get in on the. Well, action. I was about to say this all ends up playing out very ritualistically too, because yeah. uh, a number of the men rape her in a certain spot, then she gets splayed out in a different spot, and another couple do, and then she gets put out and surrounded by the women, yep. and the women are the ones sort of, of the tribe that then execute her. Yeah. So the men are kind of what's going on is. It's like an eye for an eye kind of, you know, mm-hmm. situation is you rape our women, we rape your woman, and then we'll bludgeon her to death. You know, you spiked ours, impaled ours, we'll bludgeon yours to death in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. You know, right. And they let the women do it. And they uh, sort of and, take her off from the woods and they bludgeon her apart oh, yeah, until one of them comes out with her head and shit. Yeah, it's, she gets fucked up. And as soon as that <laughs> happens, damn. the tribe notices the others. And you don't actually really get to see what happens to them. No, it's, it was, uh, what's what's really cool because there's another scene that I, I think of when I think of this movie is kind of Alan Lake, you know, like the camera in front of him with mm-hmm. the blood and whatnot. Kind of makes me think of the film too a little bit for whatever reason. just hits home. Yeah, and that's basically it. Like they get surrounded. The camera falls to the ground. Alan's face falls. It's all bloodied. You sort of see his last moments, you would imagine. Yeah. That's about it. And they like I said in cuts whole, back to the studio. Yeah, the whole time those studio execs and uh, you know the professor, porn star, <laughs> professor porn star. They're uh, yeah, they're like, all right, this is the reason why I don't want you to have anything to do with putting this out. Well, I well I think it's interesting. It's not even like that. What happens is there's three of them in the room other than Monroe. Yep. Monroe's just sort of sitting there like, fucking told you. Like, he doesn't say anything. No, he doesn't say anything, but the the point was driven home. Two of them don't even say anything. They just walk walk out out of the room. You're right. The other guy doesn't say a word to Monroe, goes to the back of the room, picks up a phone, dials a number. What does he say? He's He's like, uh, I want this film burned. Yeah, he tells him to burn burn this film. Like, burn all copies, something like that. Yeah, he doesn't want this to be viewed by anybody. Burn this film immediately. And then this is where it was where it was really cool because then it's like the the professor after all that shit you like you're right he doesn't even have to say anything he just has that like that I told you so right you're right um, he he says a, a quote and I wrote it down he says uh, I wonder who the real cannibals are you mm-hmm. know and it's like he's back out on the street corner and then it does another montage through the urban jungle yep and um, there you have it ladies and gentlemen well there is a there is an overlay at the end saying something about. Uh, a cameraman, not a cameraman, a film projectionist that got out a film. He was fined so much, but yep. we know that he got paid so much for it. Uh, I'm not sure how verifiable it is. I read it, but it didn't seem that well supported. Mm-hmm. That supposedly that's a shout out to Something somebody, really somebody that had the full uncut Last Road to Hell. Exactly. That like was supposed Deodato to have all had. Yeah. gotten the the little bits that were cut in from something like that yeah i'm not sure how verifiable that is but i did yeah. i did catch a little bit of reading on that somewhere yeah that's a good point i mean that'd be a good one to go back on to see if it's if there's any confirmation you know mm-hmm. but uh the cool thing about it is yeah there was like a certain amount that was paid for that film because it was not supposed to be in existence and somebody apparently had a copy of it and this isn't that's the thing like last road to hell doesn't exist yeah and that documentary doesn't exist. The footage we have is only, I believe, remnant 
in yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. I believe because you are right. he cut in. And what do you? I mean, that's pretty remarkable mm-hmm. within itself, you know. But um, another thing, and I think I think we touched on all the weird things, uh, all the shitty things that the camera crew did throughout the movie that helped sort of support this. Yeah. Uh, one of the big inspirations apparently was Deodato actually watching the news. Yeah, he overheard stories. I think it was the Red Brigades in Italy. Yeah, and how the news was covering it, and how from some of the angles and some of the things he he like was being shown, he felt that not only were they playing up and and preying on the the sensationalism of it, but that some of the things were being staged and set. Yeah, up. absolutely. Because otherwise, you wouldn't have been able to get certain angles and such you know and, and having a conversation with his son about that it's it's interesting because it's you know it's still being done to this day mm-hmm. uh you know so this this film like i said it's it's in a very direct way and indirect way it's it's you know like I said, it's playing off of, of what our society is giving back to us and you know like you know what what is what's moral what's not moral what's you know what's What's modern, what's not modern, what's primitive, what's savage. You know, it, but it hits home on a lot of those points. I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. about that, you know. Uh, one little neat tie-in. Uh, we did mention that probably one of these days we'll do Green Inferno. Yeah, you know, like I said, that, that's a good watch, man. Because after, either way you watch it, whether you watch that film first or whether you watch Cannibal Holocaust first, it gives you an understanding. I say definitely watch both of them because if you're familiar with one, you'll watch the other. But a neat story that I do know mm-hmm. to, to sort of tie the two that I'd like to just relate now because I'm thinking about it is during the filming of Green Inferno to sort of further illustrate to the tribes people that Eli Roth was working with uh, what what exactly it was they were doing because it was really hard to relate to them the concept of what a movie was. There was a couple of them that had been uh, to at least a slightly larger village and had a little bit of an idea. Yeah. But it was something that was hard to truly communicate, to, especially yeah, within that. the confines of their language and having never ran into something similar before. Know, so right? he treated them to a movie night. And what he showed them was Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> wow. They loved it. Thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um... And fully, completely, at that point, it all clicked to them what they were doing, uh, and they uh, it wasn't too hard for them. Yeah, they they loved what they were doing. They they had a great time being involved because they realized what they were doing was that they were all being involved in telling a story and being that remote of a tribe where like the closest tribe that they could even have any contact with was like like a fifteen minute like canoe ride upriver. <laughs> I know, right. Their entertainment was telling stories. Yeah, and this is a way of telling a story. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, regardless of, of its uh, of its narrative, you know, it's still telling a story. You know, and I, I think a, a really good point is, of, you know, how much humility do you, you know do certain people have, and uh, you know, I think if you have that, then you're then you're able to do that on film and mm-hmm. other media. You know. So that's a lot of trust, though, too, man, you know, because, like I said, there's a lot of exploitation that can happen or incur because of right. that. Uh, but I think that's, I mean, that's about all I have to say about this movie. We cover a lot of things about this movie. We did, like. man. Like I, said, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this film because, like I said, they had, it was a lot more than just gore and guts and, you know, animal killings and all rape and all this other stuff. It just, it, like I said, it really hit home a point that, you know, you can't 
judge something that you don't really know anything about. I mean, it's, it's still that, that, that notion that, you know, don't judge a book mm-hmm. by its cover because there's certain things that, that we don't understand that they still hold, you know, valuable regardless of how we feel about it. You know, that doesn't mean we have to go in there and infringe on it either. Right. You know. And you're not you're not just better than somebody because of who nah, you are. No, like, of course not. It's you have to act decent and these people don't regardless. Yeah, show a little show a little dignity, show a little respect, you know. That goes that goes for all of us. But yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed this film. Um I'm really looking forward to the next couple of films we're gonna do. Yeah, uh, we're not going to give this away anymore. No, no. The, the next one kind of follows a similar theme. Yeah, I agree. Um, to an extent, yeah. But what I will say is that we're going to keep dark for at least the next couple films. Yeah. this You know what's, what, what could be interesting about maybe this theme a little bit, even though it's not really? is This could be like the the anti-going into the, the Valentines, those kind of holidays. like Some of these anti-movies to that. Not necessarily, yeah. but... They're dark. <laughs> They're dark. There's nothing romantic about uh, the these next films. one though. I really like. Yeah, because I know which one we're doing next. I dig this movie. I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, as fucked up as it is. Yeah, these from next... a master that we haven't touched upon yet. No, we have not. But uh, yeah, we're about to. A a true master, really. We'll get there. Um, as usual, I guess we should tell you all the ways that you can get a hold of us. Yeah, because you can email us. Still email us. Squirmcast at gmail.com. We're there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're still Fried on Facebook. Squirms. Yeah. Give us a like. Uh, Twitter, at Fried Squirms. Yeah. We're still on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. iTunes. We're on iTunes. We keep saying that we're going to get other ways. I keep being lazy, but it's going to happen. Hey, we're starting to it's do right. more already. Yeah. We're starting to pump up the volume. That's right. It's cold outside, so we're trying to turn up the heat inside on what we're being doing. So yeah. So like I said, just you know, give us give us some uh, some ideas if you got them. Uh, we'll continue to plug along and you know pump out these episodes because we've got some good ones in in store for you guys. Have friend have have fun sharing us with your friends and family. Yeah. You know your baby. Your baby needs to listen to this episode. We'll try to soothe them. Your to baby sleep. needs to hear about cannibals. Yeah. At a young age. Yeah. Leave that imprint on them. I feel kind of bad. That reminds me, we are going to delve back into the cannibal genre, I think, at some point. Uh, But this is the pinnacle. Oh, yeah. So, like, the other things bring different things to the table. They do. But we're not going to necessarily get better than this. This one hit a a very... It actually had a message. It did. Some of the others don't. Some of the others are just... Yeah, they're slider films. Yeah, exactly. They're just straight in entertainment yeah <laughs> yeah but like i said uh i'm glad we did this episode like i said this is our 11th one i enjoyed it i'm looking and forward it's been to a it. long time coming yeah since before we were actually a podcast so yeah you know it's, when it was just an idea for a podcast yeah so now now we're starting to spread our wings further man but like I said, i'm looking forward to the next couple episodes they're going to be a delight and uh we look forward to doing more yep let's do it um and with that i'm tyler i'm danny um tally ho Tally-ho. Godspeed. (laughs) Good night.